Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fink. And we're back, man. Episode 154. Yep, yep. Climbing that ladder, getting there, man. Trying to get to that 200 soon. Yeah. Man, crazy. All right, let's get right into it. Um, what I've noticed is a trend in society where a lot of people tend to make things look better than what they actually are. Um, it, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people in society that are um, fabricating all kinds of stories and making things bigger than what they are. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I don't know if anybody's familiar with the popular Instagram guy, Dan Bazarian. This is this guy that always has women around him everywhere. You know, he's just like the man like this guy. Um, fucking he can't make a sandwich without having 12, 18 year old models standing around him at all times. <laughs> yeah. This guy is just a fucking I don't know what. But yeah. Let me pull up the story about this. All right, and this is recent. This is in uh, July 2020 that this article came out. Uh, Dan Blazerian, uh is a renter, and someone else pays his credit card bills. Is under a lawsuit. The mansions, yachts, the parties, models. How does Dan Blazerian, the globe-trotting, cash-stacking, gun-toting, Instagram-boasting, partying playboy, do it? Or, more to the point, how does he pay for it all? According to the lawsuit filed last week, he doesn't. Dan Blazerian rents his house. And the charges and charges the rest of his six figure lifestyle to a credit card that someone else pays off. Um, the lease on his home in in the risk in the ritzy Los Angeles Hills, for example, is two hundred thousand a month. Jesus Christ. Two hundred thousand a month. Godly. Uh, Dan Bazarian does not pay pay this rent, the house and everything else. The models, the flights, the yachts is charged to the corporate tab of Ignite International LTD. The, co- the company Bazarian founded and serves as CEO and majority shareholder, according to Curtis Haffernan. Uh, Ignite's recently ousted former president, uh, paying Dan Bazarian's $2.4 million annual rent and paying the everything else Dan Bazarian does would be the explanation for how Ignite managed to lose reported $50 million last year. Jeez Louise. And according to Heffernan's suit, complaining about Dan Bazarian's addiction to spending money a corporate uh, company money and objecting to various sleight of hand tricks that would hide his spending or what got him fired. All right, look here, man. Here's the thing. Uh, they also talked about how Dan Bazarian. Wait, who got fired? Uh, it was, uh, oh, let me go the back. The president? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he got fired. Um, it says sleight of hand, effort and complaining. Dan Bazarian is, yep. Uh, something I missed. What did he say? Oh, Ignite pays for it. This is in quote. Um, Ignite pays for everything. One said models, ev- events, yachts, Dan would, would just have to have it wrapped with the Ignite logo. And all of a sudden it was an Ignite expense mm-hmm. and he would send them the bill. Um, there's two things that are true about this. One is like, um, it's kind of genius in a way. <laughs> that um, That's not abnormal. A lot of people mm-hmm. put personal expenses under their business. It's kind of like the loophole that. Uh, America has created for business owners. Yeah, for rich people, mm-hmm. business owners. Um, but also, what's weird about it is, is this, there's also a story about how he initially got his wealth. Um, he mentioned that he played, he played a, you know, I guess high stakes poker. But mm-hmm. everyone can't confirm that. Not to mention um, that his father was involved in a uh, fraudulent like stock scheme in the in the eighties. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening is he was able to protect his assets. And funnel them through like offshore accounts. Um, and then he was able to protect his family. So once Dan Bazarian turned 30, 
he was getting this money, mm-hmm. right? But here's the thing. It's not for me to say, oh, man, this guy's fake. He's this, he's that. But what it's to say is this is the reflection of, of society in general is where we want to make things so big. And typically when people are trying to prove something to you, oftentimes it's not authentic. Yeah. Like I, uh, there was a guy, I'm not going to say any names, but there's a, a, a guy I know. And this guy has always has money and fucking, uh, you know how people turn the camera around and they, if they have like a Mercedes, they got to make sure they, when they drive it in their car, like, oh, I'm so tired coming from work. Yeah. They got to make sure they show that fucking Mercedes logo yeah. on the steering wheel. We know exactly what the fuck you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just cut it out, man. Don't make it like your life is that important. Like, yeah. People got to, because you're going to have to live up to it. Yeah. I think that uh, one of the things you see is, um, especially when you, when you, part of your brand is being rich. Right. I think that's, that is so fleeting, right. um, you know, because there's ebbs and flows in people's financial status and right. especially during the quarantine. And, you know, like I said, who knows where his money actually comes from? Right. Um, I, I'm sure if you're if you have that type of uh, notoriety, there's a way you can leverage that into to right. making money. Um, but, you know, who knows, like, you know, if casinos, I, I doubt that they shut down for any long period of time. But if he was right. making the majority of his money, you know, doing uh, uh, playing poker and stuff like that, and the casinos were shut down for the majority of um, 2020, uh, he probably lost, you know, tons and tons of money that he could have that could he that he could have won playing poker. And being that his brand is just a rich white boy like that has a lot of girls like <laughs> right. you got to maintain that lifestyle because right. and and not even it it doesn't really matter to anybody if Dan Bazarian if he just went ghost off of Instagram for a little bit I think there would probably be some headlines like yo what happened to him like why is he not on Instagram um with women's asses out or whatever right um but in reality it wouldn't it wouldn't do much it wouldn't do much yeah. to hurt him at all nah. and then when he got his money back up he could pop back up again but since he's probably that person that kind of like the, he probably has an emotional connection to likes and, you know, people there looking at go. his videos and comments and stuff like that. He probably felt the urge to keep that momentum going even through, you know, this whole COVID thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just think that his whole atmosphere is fake, though. I, I just don't I don't think that having 20 women around you at all times is real. But yeah. he wants to portray that. Yeah. Plus, as men, we get tired of women, man. Like we yeah. love you guys, but you get really annoying. So we got to we got to kick a break. Mm-hmm. There's no way this guy is around woman 24 7 they showed him like on a laptop mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it was like some 18 year old hot chick sitting next to him and then they showed him like making a sandwich and there's another woman i'm just like come on man yeah like you're fighting too hard to keep this perception up yeah yeah it's not I, yeah, yeah it's a it's a brand i think i mean we all have brands and i think um some of them are more natural than others i think right. you know there's some rappers out there that you know may be more a little bit more lax and a little bit more reserved than they present on social media and you know the same for you know just guys like Dan Bilzerian but like it's just hard to keep up man and I I wouldn't wish that on anybody because that's like that's tough you know and you when you I feel like some people are afraid of change so like they come into the game a certain way and they're afraid to lose that even it would imagine if he, you know, in real, in reality is just more mature than that. You know, now he's, right. he's getting a little bit older. He's like, man, maybe I want to settle down and just be with a single woman, um, just have a family and just kind of shift the way that I'm maneuvering out here. Yeah. And he, he just can't do it because he's built this, like this idea 
of himself. So, and I think what's sad too is is just the way people's brains work. They keep watching Dan, and they're like, "Fuck, man, my life sucks." And it's like, no. First of all, you're losing when you're comparing your life to someone else's because their life may not even be real for them. Uh huh. I, I don't think that partying every single day. Now, here, I could be wrong. Maybe you're a motherfucker that really loves partying and you got a bunch of hot chicks around you all day and that's what you love to do. That's your life's purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't even walk, you can't even wake up without getting pussy. It's just all over you, <laughs> right? Maybe, right? But for the most part, I feel like my brand is being transparent, it's being me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm marketing my, not even marketing myself. I am a man that's constantly working on himself. I'm not exactly where I want to be in life, but I'm still working on that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not like, yeah, if you want to be like me, then you need to do this mm-hmm. because I, that would be a false representation of like who I am. That's not, that's not my brand. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, he, uh, he took that business model from guys like Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner and, right? you know, those type of guys. So I, I could see the value in it, but um, it's it's just so far from reality. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even nah. try to replicate that. Yeah, Hugh Hefner. It's rumored that he every single Playboy model that or most of them, that guy was fucking all of them. Yeah, that's crazy, it. man. Yeah, I think that he must that's have been, old dick. Yeah, that's old dick right there. <laughs> that's old dick. He don't even make the clap noise when he fuck. It doesn't like. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine like for a woman to be turned on by that. I don't think they are. They like deep in like deep inside their mind. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm getting fucked by an old wrinkled dick. Oh man, you know that's crazy. But then when they done, they'd be like, here's a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> they'd be like, give me that old wrinkled dick again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Look, we're just I'm bringing this up basically because. A lot of people get caught up in it. I think that to a certain degree, most of us have. I remember, uh, like I mentioned before, there was times I really when I was hitting the gym really hard and I got pretty lean. I was posting every day that, yeah, you know, getting after it again, you know, hard work doesn't stop and little shit like that. Right. But as as time progresses, it's almost like you're kind of pushing an image like you want people to believe that you're just like this beacon of hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're this this example of whatever. And you start to feel uh, good about painting this image of yourself. And what you got to do is when you're doing that, you need to take a step back and say, hey, I need to stop making myself more important than what the fuck I really am. Yeah. You need to stop it. Because a lot of men, a lot of women, this is not a man or woman thing. Because a lot of women, you do this bullshit where you post all these quotes about being a strong woman and being this and being that. You're just a regular person. Mm-hmm. Okay? I see the same shit with dudes, you know, talking about motivation. Every day you got a new motivational quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what does all this mean if you're not really making progress? Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I think I think just because of... Uh, Primarily like social media. I think yeah. it's um, it's it starts to push the uh, the journey more so than the actual accomplishment. And, right. You know, to me, I I don't care to like pull my camera out um, every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of stuff that is actually pretty cool. And even sometimes when I do take pictures, like I don't I don't even post them like that because uh-huh. it, it just doesn't like for me, it's cool just to have it like, you know, sometimes on the um, oh, yeah. go, you'll get those Google alerts and it'll be like, yeah. hey, like, you know, this is this happened this year. Right. This happened four years ago. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. I forgot about that. Right. Um, and I get those every now and then. And it's cool to like reminisce. But for me, I just live in a present so much that 
all that don't, doesn't even matter to me. Like right. I'm just so present. Like I'm present with the podcast when we're doing. I'm present right. with, and the you know it's kind of one of those things when you look back, you got you know 154 episodes, or you know about to hit a 200 episodes. So when we hit 200, it's like, dang man, like you know. It feels good, but it just feels like a single podcast. It doesn't feel like I've done 200. So right. um, that's, a great, that's just the way I look at it. That's a great point, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know why it's really not necessary to post everything? Mm-hmm. Because that's actually normal to not do it. If you think about like when we had Kodak uh, cameras where you take a picture and you pull out that, what do you call it, the negative? Yeah. And you wave it and you got that picture, right? You you didn't share it to anywhere but with your family. Mm-hmm. That photo was like a a timestamp for that time period you were in. I think that it's great. But the thing about it is, is instead of instead of reflecting on that timestamp and it being organic, now it's like you go back and you see all these photos, but they're shared with the world. And that's just not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Mm-hmm. I've been that's why I've made it a point to really not post much of anything. I, if I do post something, a lot of times I put it on my story, and the story disappears. Yeah, that, I think that's kind of like. Um, a similar idea to what Lakeith Stanfield does. Mm-hmm. He was saying like it, stuff that I post or say doesn't need to live forever. That's true. You know what I mean? So, and it, not exactly the same, but like just kind of giving a lifespan to some of the things you post and say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not supposed to be up there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It, like you know, what's crazy is if you went through somebody's social media. Let's say they had like six hundred photos. And you scroll down and it said like 2018, 2017. And then like, you know, them now as this Christian person, as you keep scrolling down and you keep scrolling down, then you see them. uh, No, let's say it's like some Christian chick you met. She seems really cool. And you keep going down and all of a sudden she holding two dildos in her hand in, in 2017. You like wait a minute? Didn't I meet you at church? Yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> that's the thing. Like I, I was telling myself like I, I would probably change up my. I was like, it might be cool for like people to see the progress. Like you yeah. know, see you from graduating to right. doing like little first podcast that type of stuff. But like in reality, like I look at some celebrities' pages and they be having like three pictures up or like five. It's right. just like there you don't you don't even need to uh, have that stuff up. Like right. It, it does. It doesn't do nothing for anybody. I, to me, I, I'm like I said, I'm just not a person that really lives in the past. Like, right. It's cool to look back every now and then, but you'd, I rarely ever just scroll through my Instagram like, oh, this was cool. This was cool. Right. By the way, I'm not saying if you scroll down and you see the girl with the dildos and you're judging her. It's just the fact that the point I'm trying to make is that all of that shit doesn't need to live on the internet. Yeah. It really doesn't. If yeah. you're Dan Bazarian and people, you were more mysterious. You know, and you, you kind of like they seen you with women, but you didn't like you weren't trying to make that your brand. Then it's a little more genuine. But the fact that you have to try to do this shit. I think what's interesting, too, is that people people have like a brand, but they don't have a brand Thanks. like like for us. We make content. So if we post it for if we post it every day of the week on our story and then post it every day of the week on our timeline, it would make sense. But it's people that have. Like in no slight to them, it, I think it's it's cool for whomever. But like, it's just people that because uh, there's a I guess there's an audience for it. If you have right. like friends and family that live in different cities and states and stuff like that, but like it's just people that be posting and posting and posting, and it oh don't got, they don't have nothing to do with nothing. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I know some people that got like all they post is memes, and they got like twenty five hundred posts, and it's like this is a problem. And it's not the, it's not like and people say, well, it's just memes like, no, you have like 
an addiction to the attention you get from posting this shit. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. The problem is that you you're using social media as this constant source of affirmation, Mm -hmm. right? You're using everyone else's opinion or views about you. Like, here's the thing. Like being as I do comedy, I could confirm this idea because you're standing up in front of a bunch of people and you're basically saying, hey, please laugh at my fucking jokes. That's really what you're doing. If, you yeah. be, if we're being honest about it. Yeah. Because you don't want to be a comedian and say, you know what? I don't give a fuck if, if no the, one laughs at my laugh jokes. That's yeah. a lie. You're going up there to make people laugh. That's the objective is to make people laugh. So same when, thing with poster. Yeah, same thing with posting. Your objective is to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. When I post content from the podcast, my objective is to get a reaction. I, I want people to be like, oh, shit, that looks interesting. Let me go to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So even if, you, if you're not posting with intention, you're still posting with intention. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're the mean person that, or you, the, the, the person that posts nothing. Yeah, I wonder how many people would be like, <laughs> like if you, if you had, because I have like certain like, pages associated with not necessarily like businesses, but just different for different things. Like say I have a, like my company's name is blue giant. So I have like a blue giant thing, like Mm -hmm. just kind of tucked off just for whatever reason, like in the future, if it turns into whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't post on there and Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people would post on there if it was zero followers, you know what I mean? Zero followers. Like how many people are, Mm -hmm. you know, posting on a page that has zero followers. So it's always, always looking for this reaction or always just trying to like presents present this idea right, of right, right. whatever whether it's even in, in a relationship sometimes people are trying to present this uh, facade of love it's like, too much instagram is not love like no. social, there's we we have grown up uh, instagram was only made a few years ago and there was a whole bunch of people that were in love before Instagram, right. and they wasn't like there was. They didn't have like billboards for their uh, for their relationships. People, people are literally pressuring each other to take photos and put them on Instagram. Yeah, and it's like Jesus Christ! Like, is is it that fucking serious? Like, is is my love for you in question because I don't want to post you on fucking Instagram? Yeah, that, that's the that's the thing too. It's it's really strange. And it's not only it's not like I love you so much you deserve a photo on Instagram. That's yeah. not even a metric you want to work anything off of at yeah, all. Yeah, I, don't, no. I think the the thing with me too is like I my uh my Instagram is primarily for like the work that I do. Right. Um and being in a relationship is work, so it probably should be on <laughs> Uh, but I just don't, I don't, I don't see like, you know, like I have a bunch of, the way I look at it is like, I don't really post like not my relationship or like even my family. You don't, yeah, you don't. So yeah. it's not fake. Yeah. Like my, I don't really have a picture of like, I have a picture of my, my siblings on there. Cause it was like a gift that I gave to my mom. Um, but like, I don't have just a bunch of pictures of like, you know, my nieces and all these things all over my uh, social media. So I'm not going, I'm not going to switch it up just because I'm in a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing though. I know there's going to be a lot of people that probably disagree with that, Mm -hmm. but here's the difference, man. As a man of integrity, you, the way you move as a man in a relationship is, uh, it's an, it should be enough. Yeah. Like it should be sufficient enough that if you obviously respect your lady and shit like that, you shouldn't have to take 
200 fucking photos because this is the biggest mistake people make they take a bunch of photos with somebody they've only known for a few months or whatever they put them up on there and then when the shit falls down and you take all those fucking photos down everybody's like hey what happened to so-and-so that's a lot of work i ain't doing all that yeah that's too much i know it's uh i just know people like that like you said they they especially people that being like off and on again relationships those be the worst like you should probably really keep your relationship offline here's the worst motherfuckers they they take all the stuff off and then they post a new picture like oh you thought we was done (laughs) nobody cared (laughs) nobody fucking cared in the first place man yeah oh my goodness dude i think even for, for me like even in my relationship it's not really an issue but i have to set like my own boundaries as far as like just the amount of pictures like not even like not even like posting pictures because that's you know if if my girl wanted to post a picture she could do whatever she wants to but like just taking pictures for me because it's like i i hate to feel like an object you know what i mean and sometimes like taking like a whole bunch of pictures it starts to feel like that it starts to feel like uh Picture day, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like me and Eddie probably have five pictures together. Tops, yeah. Tops. And I've known him for more 20, than half of my years. life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and I, I try. Like we mentioned before, like you just, I try to be consistent with everything. Right. You know what I mean? Even me and my mom, like I probably right. when I was a kid, I probably had a bunch of pictures uh, of me and her. But like you know, it's very rare. Like at my graduation. We have pictures together, but not just like in in regular instances. Like if there's events, like, you know what I mean? She'll probably step in and take a picture. But it's just like I just like to live on the memory. Right. I I think the fact that if you don't have to oversaturate your social media with pictures of your family, friends, girlfriends, wife to prove that you love what you're doing. Uh That's the biggest thing. And this is why this is all connected. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that like. I'm not infatuated with this idea of like, I have to keep up this image. Like, well, if you loved your wife, why don't you have 300 pictures of her? You know, Mm -hmm. if you, if you don't love your girlfriend, why don't you have 90 pictures of your girl? You should be proud to be. It's like, dude, no, there's not this all in one idea. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to push this perception. If you're proud of who you're with, you want to take a photo. I think that's perfectly appropriate, but I just think we live in a society where it's this all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And by all, it's like the all is the extreme. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's real. And like you said, one day it might end, and you know you got to do a whole whole lot of archiving or deleting pictures. Yeah. From your Some people media. post so many photos of like it. What's crazy is this, and let's be very clear. I think that if you if you really deeply love someone, right, um, it's perfectly fine to express that through taking photos. But I think that we also have to have this small, this small piece of reality in the back of our heads. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that reality is, is that most people, actually everyone has an expiration date, not only for their time on this earth, but for the relationship you guys have. Yeah. Meaning most friends you have that you grew up with that you don't talk to no more. That's because they had an expiration date. That's facts. They don't have to be dead to expire. So if if you know that to be true, you should be you should love who you're with and things of that nature. But keep that small inkling, itty bitty reality that, hey, hopefully this never happens. You know, it might. But it could. Yeah. 
and the fact that it could happen, your actions should not be so extreme of, man, I know, and I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I know someone personally that every Wednesday they post a picture of their wife. You already know Woman, woman Crush, Crush Wednesday. Wednesday. You already yeah. know my my only Woman Crush Wednesday ended up getting a divorce. Yes. <laughs> that's why like, it's not real man like just yeah. cut the nonsense like i like i said before i know somebody that you know like i've seen a situation where they post that when they on the rocks you know what i mean right, like right. that 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 picture like yo this is this is the love of my life um we forever gonna rock together that type of stuff when they probably done cheated or right. like caught they you know that girl caught them you know sending news or getting news from somebody like that was, type of stuff i was just sending a dick pic to my cousin <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I, it kind of draws me back to the the gambino concert we went to and he was yeah. basically like yo put your phones away um you know this is gonna be an experience you know what i mean don't try right. to like just live in the moment kind of thing um and that's 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 kind of the way i view everything yeah for sure man it's the people in the hallway are really that's noisy loud. Yeah, I want to go out there and yell something in like Africa or something African. Like, they're like, oh my god, this guy's crazy. (laughs) You got to keep the noise down. (laughs) We got it. Wakanda's in there. We got it. We got to keep the noise down. We need to sprinkle some crack on that guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Switching gears. Uh, recently, uh, the rapper Bobby Shmurda has been released from prison after doing his bid of, I forgot how many years. Um, let's go into it. Bobby Shmurda's first day out of prison is a celebration flush with cash, designer clothes, and Quavo. Um, while the exact date of the rap- of rapper Bobby Shmurda's parole from prison was not finalized until January, plans for his first day out began months ago. He had He had this dream, a jet flooded with with flooded out with his gang, his family, a couple vibes, uh, a couple read, vibes. Read, read uh, in quotes. It says women. For him, Quavo said in the GQ exclusive about Smurda's first twenty-four hours out of prison. Smurda was released from New York State Department Corrections and Community Supervision earlier this week, concluding a six-year stint after being charged with conspiracy to murder, possession, uh, possession of weapons, and reckless endangerment. He was originally scheduled for release in December, but became eligible for conditional early release on parole as a result of good behavior and will remain under community supervision in Kings County until February 2026. Um, That's a long time. Yeah. What do you say? In quote, in 2016, I was in the box. He said a a six year old girl wrote me. She said I was her favorite rapper. That just let me know the kids are watching me. And I have to be a role model. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a here's a deal, man. Here, here's my 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 opinion on it. I think that Bobby Shmurda being first of all, I'm not like a huge fan of his music. I don't want to sound like a dick, but I, I don't follow his music as closely, uh, so I don't want to make it like I. And I'm not going to talk bad about his music at all. But what I will say is, from what I've heard, there's a lot of uh, gang related stuff, and you know. Uh, I'm talking about guns and drugs, shit like that. You know, the typical staple in hip hop. Um, (laughs) And a lot of people were celebrating him getting out of prison. But I just think that getting out of prison should never be comparable to getting like your degree. You know, I I don't think that you should be out there like, yeah, you know, I don't say I don't think you should be 
you should be hopeful and, 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 you know, welcome people back after doing paying their debt to society. But at the same time, paying your debt to society is less it's less important than being a decent person in society and never having to go to prison. Yeah. You know, um, and, and there's a bigger conversation. It's like, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about because you ain't from the streets. And he had he, he only had one. Way. Like, no, nah, man, we're not going to have that conversation. The conversation is like they celebrated him getting out. They got him a jet and jewelry and all of this stuff. And it's like, geez, man, like we we can't be we cannot be celebrating somebody that just got out of prison. I just don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal opinion. I, I think it's uh, if you're if you have a uh, a friend that is in prison and, you know, I think if they if they come out a better person and, you know, maybe he was he was pretty young when he went in. So I, I can understand, like, you know, you just being happy that your friend is out. Um, but there's like this this narrative around the whole situation. He didn't snitch. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing that like it, it. I don't really I don't really get that because a lot of what happens, too, is like people that ain't from the streets just try to adopt this street culture. Like for me, when a person don't snitch or when a person do snitch, it has nothing to do with me and I don't care. Right. Like, you know, these people are, you know, they're, they're on the same uh, playing field because that, that, that street code, I I don't live by a street code. Mm -mm. I live on a street and it got a, uh, it got a zip code, but I don't live by no street code. Right. Um, But to me, to me, that, that, that's the part of it that I, I really just don't understand. And, um, like I said, when it, when when you got your when your boy comes home and you know you ain't seen him in so long, it it's cool to like want to give your boy the best things and like Jay Z did, you know, when his uh uh who was that Tata? Yeah, Tata was it was it Amory Jones or whatever? Yeah, and I think both of those people had came home. He kind of hooked them up, laced them, gave them jobs and stuff right away. Yeah, and I think you know I don't know the circumstances in which they went down. I think one was like selling weed and the other one was doing something else but like the way that i don't know how they celebrated or how they did it but like the way in which they came home it was like he let him know that we got rock nation rocking we got mm-hmm. all these things going i'm gonna put you right you know right on your feet i'm gonna give you the you're gonna be the head of the clothing brand and stuff right. like that like that's to me the way to do it but right as far as like the whole snitching and not snitching and i think a lot of it a lot of this uh admiration is coming off the uh like juxtaposing uh, Bobby right. Shmurda with right. Takashi Six Nine, right? Yeah. And right. to me, That's like, and to me, it like we shouldn't even associate those two things because you know Takashi Six Nine that's that's its own situation, right? But I feel like just as a hip hop culture, we have to start um, promoting like better stories. Right. I don't think um, if you're not associated with Bobby Shmurda, if you're not like in that inner circle. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean anything that he's getting out of prison because right. the reason he went in prison is pro- is because he did something that was illegal. Yeah, highly illegal. You know illegal. what I mean? And and I, you know, there's often times where people, especially people in our community, that go to prison for no reason. Um, but at the same time, like Eddie said, like we should be promoting just better stories. Like, yo, right. this person just graduated college. This person just started a business. This person just grossed you know, a hundred K in a month or, you know, just those are the type of stories that we need to start promoting because essentially saying that just because someone didn't snitch, we should put them in every headline and we should look forward to what they have going on. Um, that, that just makes, 
outside communities look at us just like, you know, they've been looking at us for so long. People have made like not snitching equivalent to like a college degree, man. And yeah. it's so annoying. Like, I feel like as a man and as a human being, you should not put yourself in a position where you have to worry about being snitched on or not. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're the person, there was this one dude, there was a documentary I've seen a long time ago. And and it made sense. And I'm, I'm not trying to tell say that this guy was good for what he was doing. He, he was wrong. He was committing crimes. But he said, I never worked with anyone because I didn't want to have to worry about somebody snitching on me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I did get arrested, I just took my time and moved on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it and I was like, OK, I mean, yeah, obviously he did that. He was accountable for what he did. Um, but the fact that people do things in groups that are illegal and expect people not to snitch is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> if you got seven dudes, y'all doing illegal stuff, and one of the cops tell them, hey, well, I'll let you, you could walk, you could only do two weeks in jail if you tell me which one who was the mastermind behind it. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell me, you're going to do 28 years. How many people are going to tell? A lot of people. Most the average person is going to tell. That that's the thing that, like I said, that bothers me the most. When somebody not from the streets and they ain't really commit no crimes, they try to live by the street code. Yeah, it's like if you was given the same situation, you probably would snitch too. Oh yeah, I'm telling. Mm-hmm. I'm telling, man. There ain't no way I could go in there and in, in prison and there's no vagina in there. There's no Panda Express. Uh, like, ain't nothing in there, man. Yeah. I, I need vagina and Panda Express to yeah. to function properly. Yeah, yeah. i don't even know what kind of like what's crazy about what's interesting about bobby smurda he's literally been living off of that song for six years hot nigga yeah Yeah. crazy yeah he got locked up and they still use it as a meme and then they just made a new meme where it's like it's like a hat in outer space yeah that's comedy yeah Yeah, (laughs) the hat went way up and he just caught the hat so perfectly he just caught the hat and he came down i was like wow i think and i I mean i hope the best for him and i i really do hope like you know he comes out in his whole uh perspective changes um and you know he the just the tone of his 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 music changes too because uh, I don't know if they use that song as part of the the trial or whatever, but like he was putting out that kind of energy, yeah. you know, and that's that's kind of what happens. Like I, I always liken it to like speaking death in your music. You know yeah. what I mean? If you Tupac if you, did it, yeah. If you're speaking about yeah. you know killing people, if you're speaking about um, criminal activities, uh, a lot of that, t- a lot of times, and even if you even if you got one foot in, because yeah. that we don't, I feel like. With him, he was just rapping about his surroundings. Right. That mug was loud. Yeah, it was loud. <laughs> but with him, he was just rapping about his surroundings, and he happened to be, you know, just a talented rapper. And he caught, you know, the perfect beat, the perfect, you know, time in in uh, in the hip hop game, and um, just the 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 tone and the, all that, the music video, everything, and that just took took it over the top. Um, but now it's like you haven't you haven't been in that. You haven't been in the streets. No. And you know what I mean? And I'm sure that the people that are around you, they they picked you up on a jet. So they're not tr- they, they're trying to prevent you from going back to the streets. Yeah. So I would just hope like, you know, this we can all we can all grow up. We can all learn. And like I said, he went into to prison when he was very young. Um, but I just hope like the tone he used that same talent, those same abilities, that same tone that he has to just speak a different message. And it doesn't have to be no super conscious, you know, like, you know, politics and all this. But just like, 
just even if the, the, the music is just a little more lighthearted and fun, you could still make, you know, like a party record, a club record. And it doesn't have to be about killing people, shooting people, sliding but, on niggas. It, oh, it, but here, here's the difference, though. Yeah. When you go against that message and you be like, we just want to have make a like a rap song like mm-hmm. we just trying to have fun and be positive or whatever, they be like, oh, this nigga trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he trash. Yeah, he didn't sold out. Yeah, it's like people like the worst things are on everyone's radar. Think about all the worst things they get the most publicity. Excuse me. Yeah. Think about it. Uh, reality TV show garbage gets the most attention. Bad news like on CNN, Fox. And whether it's slander about Trump or Trump saying something crazy, that shit gets the most mm-hmm. uh, uh, attention. Um, fucking thirst traps all over the internet, twerking gets the most attention. Yeah, everything that is the worst gets the most attention. When you start being positive, your audience will reduce itself. But that, but that's only if you if you changing your brand. Yeah, but how many stupid people don't? There's, there's there's far too many stupid people in the world that if you try to switch up on them, they're like, oh man. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. I think like we like uh, even Gambino said, people see how they want to see you. And there tell you, you go. See you in a, a different way. Right. But I think like you just gotta. I think I think that's what steers people away from actually changing because that's why there's like fifty year old. Like rappers still rapping about cocaine and oh my drugs God. and stuff yeah. like that, Fat even Joe. though they millionaires. And, Fat Joe, yeah, it's like you're not you're not even in the streets like that no more. Um, but it's, yeah, but I feel like um, above all, like if it's good, like even with the even with the F Donald Trump song, yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's like a shift from the way that YG and uh, Nip kind of you know spoke. I think they had a lot of. They had a lot of messages in their music, but mostly, primarily like a gangster rap tone to right, their music. Right, right, right. Um, but the song was the song was good, so people was like, "Yo!" Like they they kind of shifted the way that their audience was thinking, like got them more thinking about politics and got them more thinking about voting and stuff like that. Not that yeah. that's like the most positive song, but it has a polit. It's it's super political. You know yeah, if I mean? you if you have any platform and you're trying to grow it, you have to be cognizant of the energy you're putting out from day one. I mean, yeah, I and, agree. Then, and then, and then, cause me and Keith have had some moments on here where he had to correct me about some stuff or he mm-hmm. says something. I like, ah, and then we have to not so much explain it away, but mm-hmm. just give a full, just the full spectrum of what we're trying to say, because we realize that once this thing really grows, there's going to be a sector of people that only listen for confirmation bias purposes. Right. Yeah. Uh, they'd be like, Eddie is a fucking, Eddie is a fucking asshole and he's this and he's that and Keith is whatever he is and they will go back to episode one all the way up till they find something and then they'll post a, a, a sound bite on Twitter in the next couple of years. Yeah. This is what people do. They, mm-hmm. it's, they, is they listen They listen also for confirmation bias, but I don't want to jump over, jump around too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Von is another one. Yeah. King Von talked about, you know, marking people and shooting them. He's dead. Um, Juice World talked about overdosing on drugs and being dead at 21. He's dead. Tupac talked about uh, had dreams of people killing me in my sleep. He's dead. You talk about uh, uh, Biggie, uh, uh, Notorious. When uh, he had a song, I remember, it, the album, the name of the album was Ready, Ready to, die. to Die. Yeah. So do we have to keep repeating this fucking cycle, man? And not even from the point of just dying, but um, putting out that negative message like we i think we have a full idea of the uh things that exist in you know uh the, the batter areas of of 
cities in America. You know, like, has the, there been an instance where like a person say, like, I don't, I don't know who's the, like the most positive rapper, but say a, a say a person like Macklemore, for lack of a better you know rapper, say a person like Macklemore. Has there been a time in history where that person has been in any sort of like criminal activity or been shot at or been shot or like passed away from i don't even know bro that's a good question macklemore people be like man macklemore fucking we whack bro that fool was whack uh-huh. and it's like at the same time macklemore i know i'm pretty sure that guy is rich for yeah. the music he put out uh-huh. that shit was super i yeah. haven't heard any music from that guy in a while that thrift shop um yeah yeah it's it's probably a late probably a label situation probably um but yeah, that thrift store or thrift shop or whatever that song was, that was that was everywhere. And he got yeah. a Grammy, so yeah. You know. But yeah, I, I just say that to say like you know that that's probably like one of the more positive rappers that we've seen in in recent history, and or you know, just that type of uh, person putting out that type of music. You don't see the type of uh, you know news surrounding him. You know, it's it's, it's never it's never uh, fights in the club or. Excuse me, all those kind of things. So I think I think you know, like excuse me, like you were saying, we have to be more conscious. We have to be uh, more intentional with our with our fame, I guess. Yeah. So like, there's even people that are on Twitter right now. There's and we know people personally that be bashing certain. Like there you go. It'd be like. Um, Russell put out a song and they'd be like, oh, Russ is trash. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like J. Cole put out a song, J. Cole boring. Oh my gosh. But they, but they also have goals and aspirations to be, um, what notable right. in whatever field, like comedy right. or, uh, you know, directing movies or whatever. You're the never going to make it like that. Yeah. And, and if, and if you do, be there's tainted. people that are going to scrub, you know, even like Meek Mill, uh, had mentioned, uh, like Wale calling them, uh, corny or just like different people and they're pulling up old tweets about you. So even for me, like I had a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I've had, I had opinions on certain people and, um, I had to go back and scrub my thing and, and delete a bunch of stuff because you had to scrub your thing. <laughs> I had to scrub my timeline because isn't that what we should all be doing? <laughs> got to scrub your thing, folks. Yeah, you got to make sure make sure you're scrubbing your thing. This podcast is presented by Scrubbing Your Thing. <laughs> Manscape. <laughs> you need to shave your balls. <laughs> But yeah. but nah, like uh, like I said, I, w- I went back and deleted some old tweets and stuff, just kind of giving different opinions on different people because they will make something that you said in 2010 sound like you said it in 2021. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I never want to be associated with that. But now that I know that this is out in the world, I'm more intentional with my opinions, more there intentional with the things that I post, more intentional with, you know, just even the things that I say on the podcast. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Like I think about some things that I have said and I said them because I really took it. I really thought about it. And I was just like, I don't, I wouldn't have any intentions of working with this person at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, example, the game, I called the game corny. I said, like, this guy's corny. And then I've recently just like a podcast or two ago, I called him corny again because mm-hmm. he had a list of the girls he fucked. I was like, dude, you're 40 years old. You're, like, why are you having a, a list of the girls you fucked and some of these women are married? Yeah. I did, that's corny. If if for any instance we did work together on anything in the future, I'd pull them to the side. I was like, hey, man, um, I, I called you corny on my podcast like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's something that you did that I disagreed with. I said you were corny. 
and I, I just won't feel right being around you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell you that I really said that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I think this guy's corny, mm-hmm. right? And I <laughs> and I don't say that to bash him. It's like if I have done, if I've thought about it, and I'm like, yo, I have no intentions of working with anyone like this mm-hmm. at all. Then I'm gonna say something. But I don't. I'm not gonna have a moment where like I don't like this album. This album is fucking garbage. This guy's trash. Yeah. And then now you just move on with your life. You forget about it. But that same person, what if you and him become friends? Yeah. You know, what if what if you wanted to do some type of content with this person and now they see that you actually hated them? Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, too. Like, you you just never really know how the world works. Yeah. So and e- even if, um, you know, somebody actually like say you're a, you're a musician or an artist. And you may not necessarily like a person's music, but they may be a fan of yours. You know what I mean? And essentially, you're just losing a person that has a lot of notoriety um, and is a huge cosign just because you said something crazy. You know what I mean? Like a a guy like um, Russ saying like, yo, and you know, I'm just saying Russ because he has a lot of haters. A guy like Russ saying like, yo, such and such is this song is dope. Like, oh, this video, this music video is dope. And he just posted on his Twitter and that's who, however many millions of people See that it. follow what he doing and be like, yo, like I never seen this person before. Let me go check it out. And then next thing you know, like you just got such a, a boost and, you know, yeah. eyes on you. Um, but if you like, yo, Russ is trashed and you just, you know, you losing. You losing. Cause those, if you think that those, new eyes that are on you that are Russ fans, if Russ shouts you out, like, yo, this guy is dope. But then they go to your your Twitter and you got a bunch of Russ jokes up and down on Twitter. They'll be like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hate don't get you nowhere. No. And and even like on the, on the, the tangible portion of the hate, meaning like, you know, the tweets and the videos and the responses or, you know, the hate that you put in the comments and all that, that don't get you nowhere. And then just the feeling in your heart. Yeah. Like if you if you just the envious person of a person like Russ's success, no matter how talented you think they are, if you envious of a person like that, that ain't going to get you nowhere. Not at all. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. Switching gears. Um, there was a mother recently um, and her actions and her OnlyFans account got her kids kicked out of their school let me go ahead and pull this up right here uh here we go all right um mom who makes one hundred and fifty thousand a month from OnlyFans says catholic school expelled her three sons because of her page first of all that's a lot of fucking money it's a lot of money um end quote this whole mentality of harassing a mom to get her kids out of school i have a hard time wrapping my head around that crystal jackson says a California mom of three is speaking out after she says her her three sons were expelled from their Catholic school due to her presence on the adult social platform OnlyFans. Crystal Jackson tells people she's been infuriated by the response to her OnlyFans photos, which were leaked to Sacred Heart Parish School in Sacramento by other parents and ultimately led to her three sons ages 8, 10 and 12 getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. My kids are really good. And all this it sounded is- like you said three sons. Uh, three sons. <laughs> All right, Keith. All right, stop talking now. Um, my kids are really good, and all this is doing is hurting them. Crystal says, um, "She's forty-four. Wow, she got a nice body. Um, take me down, take me down. That's fine, but leave my kids out of this. I would take you down. Um, this nigga's crazy. I didn't want. <laughs> I didn't want to be put out there, but at the same point." I have to stand up and say, I can't take it anymore because this behavior is horrible, she adds. 
When contacted by people, Teresa Sparks, the principal of Sacred School, Sacred Heart Parish School, said she could not provide any information on the situation. We cannot discuss the status or circumstance of any member of our school uh, uh, or parish community, Sparks says. Okay, I'm looking at some of these photos. They don't seem to be too bad, but I'm sure she has some nudes on there. But it, it mentions. Uh, okay, here's what the mom said too. She said, I was missing that intimacy we had and a lot of it because I was going through menopause, she said, she explains. No matter what you do, you don't feel attracted or attractive or sexy. So we tried different things to spice up our marriage. Though she was agreeable to using the platform, Crystal says she didn't think anyone would actually subscribe, arguing no, no one is going to come see a mom. That's ridiculous. But as it turns out, the next mom, the mom next door image is exactly what appealed to her followers, Crystal says. Okay, here's the deal, man. She looks sexy for her age, for sure. She has a nice little body on her and whatnot. Um, and she does post some nudes. Um, her Instagram is popping. Oh, you got her? You, you pulled it up? Yeah. What is her name on there? <laughs> she, her mug is, is. She got 630,000 followers. No way, dude. Uh, let's try the real. Uh, let's see the that. real Mrs. Point Dexter, Miss the period real period. Oh, here Mrs. it is. Got it right yeah. here at the top. Damn, six hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> One of our followers of the podcast is following her. <laughs> That's funny. He's already following her. Yeah, I hope you don't look at her OnlyFans, man. Oh, I see somebody else following that. I know too. Oh, you do. Yeah. She got a nice body though, dude. I give her that. Yeah. She got a tattoo on her booty. Wow. Yeah. See, the the problem with this, parents, everyone listening, anyone listening right now, your the actions, your actions can affect your children. Mm -hmm. Okay. now I don't she's a grown woman, so I don't see the problem with it, but I do see a problem with it at the same time. And this is a long this is a a pretty big conversation to have. Let me stop scrolling through these photos of this chick. Yeah. Anyways, she been doing this, though. She's been doing it a minute. huh? Yeah. I'm trying to see like. She posts consistently too, like a couple times a week. Yeah, there's a lot. This is crazy. Yeah, I I know exactly what happened. I'll go all the way back because I kind of d- done a That's deep. what I'm trying to see. I'm trying to keep scrolling, scrolling. Seeing see, how like far down it, it is. Like, when did this become a trend? She got an OnlyFans shirt right here. There's so many pictures on. It's too many, dude. If you're gonna get there, no, nah, you're not gonna get there. It's yeah, it's still 2020, and I've scrolled down, and she's now she's holding some uh, baked cookies. She got one regular picture where she's just drinking coffee, but the rest is just like, yeah. The rest is like those thin shirts with the nipple showing through them and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, here's the deal, man. Um, the actions, your actions as a parent, can affect your kids. I'm sure that they want everyone will. can agree. Will they yeah. will affect your kids? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I will say. There's a mixture of so many things. One of them is that I think that she was turned in by possibly some uh, some jealous mothers at the school. Mm-hmm. Right. I think because here's the thing. It, like there's a lot of obviously mothers and, and fathers that have their kids that go to that school. But I bet you one of the fathers probably was subscribed to our only her, to her only fans mm-hmm. and they was watching her naked and shit. And one of the moms got mad and turned into pictures. That's that, that's my thing. It doesn't mean that this is what happened. But jealousy is very prevalent amongst women. Women are very jealous of each other. They're very catty in a lot of ways. So I, I think that um, they probably seen this chick that goes to school with their kids 
and is always naked and they're tired of it because their husbands probably see how sexually attractive that woman is. Right. Mm -hmm. This is a very real scenario that could have happened. So they turned over these photos from her Instagram or whatever else. And the kids got kicked out, which I think is fucked up. And yeah. the, the reason why the kids got kicked out is because it's for liability purposes. I think that the school wanted to just get rid of the kids and everybody because the kids were connected to the mom and they wanted the mom to be done. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty fucked up. I'll say that's pretty fucked up. But what also is fucked up is how you don't consider the fact that you have children that are trying to be normal, but you always got your titties out. This is this is why it's important for people. If you got kids, you cannot live like you're 19 anymore. Yeah. You have to be the example of what a fucking mom or dad is. You can't be a dad and a gangbanger at the same fucking time. <laughs> you can't be a mom and try to be the sexiest fucking woman on Instagram anymore. Let it go. Let that shit go. People need it. They need it. It's selfish. It's selfish when you see a chick that's a mother, but they always have naked twerking and shit on the internet. And they make it like it's okay. Your parents. I mean, not your parents. Your children are watching you. And that the above all, that could be super embarrassing for a kid. Right. Imagine him going to school and, he, you know, some of those kids when you uh, 10 years old, 11 years old, some parents won't even allow their kids to have Instagram. Right. So imagine you just come to school one day and it's 30 pictures in the boys bathroom with your mom, oh, your mom. all over plastered all over the wall. And you're yeah. just like, what the heck? Yeah, you your mom's pictures are all over the bathroom of her huge nipples. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Big old titties all over the bathroom. Big old juicy areolas. <laughs> Imagine a kid just like doing a uh, small cutout of um, Mrs. I guess Mrs. Point Dexter, yeah. and just gluing them to every milk carton in the, <laughs> the lunchtime. <laughs> That's okay. Look, we're missing the biggest thing. Back in the day, this would have never been a problem because we did not have the access, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't have the access to be like, hey, is that so-and-so's mom? Or because we just didn't have that type of access yet. Mm -hmm. We didn't have smartphones. But with smartphones, what's happening is these kids are on the playground with their iPhone because kids have fucking iPhones for some reason. Yeah. And they're looking at this, the, those boys' mom. With their tits out. Yeah. And everybody's like, hey, this is Bob's mom. Hey, this is Billy's mom. Hey, look, look at her, look at her butt. The thing is, we as kids, we were already attracted to these parents. A hundred percent. I could name a few of my friends' parents that look good when I yep. was a kid. Yeah. Yep. It was this lady named Mrs. Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mrs. Gonzalez, can I be your stepson? <laughs> <laughs> this <nigga's> crazy. <laughs> We we had a I'm, I'm not I want to put her name out there her first name but we had I think that she was considered like a counselor I think her mm -hmm. name was Mrs. Tafoya mm -hmm. right I was in uh what was it fourth grade mm -hmm. and that's when I was going to Hort I was going to Hort Elementary back then mm -hmm. so people probably know who the fuck she is now well anyways mm -hmm. she was you gotta do some digging yeah they gotta do some digging though but she was banging dude i knew she was banging back then yeah she was super banging <clears throat> mm -hmm. and i remember uh something happened my dad had come to the school my dad was not hitting on her or nothing obviously but i could tell he was just like what the what <laughs> what the fuck is this why like, she look so good yeah why she look so good here around all these yeah. kids yeah yeah but it, it's a trip man um the word gets around really quickly especially when you got a bunch of young boys that are Boys getting older and getting yeah. little horny boys, mm -hmm. and they're watching this the kid's mom. And the fact that it's a kid's mom probably gets makes them even more like 
oh my god like and they probably got in who knows there's a whole backstory we probably don't know what if the boys kept getting in fights all the time because you got to think about it if somebody's talking about your mom's tits aren't you going to get mad mm. so what if these kids are getting in fights because they keep talking about the boy's mom yeah it could be it could be so many things but yeah. like kind of going back to what you were saying about um, as parents, you have to be responsible for the right. way you move. And, you know, it, your actions fall upon the people around your actions reflect everybody around you, your right. friends, your, your, your husband, your, your children as well. So, um, it's like, like you said, it was, it was, kind, I think it's kind of one of those things where it was just a wild, it was a wildfire. Yeah. Like she probably posted, um, she probably posted, you know, some little racy on her Instagram and then she was got like, attention. Hey guys, I got an OnlyFans. Hit the link in my bio. Mm-hmm. And then it just started blowing up because like, that's, you know, you know, as, uh, on porn, there's so many different categories. Right, so right. she kind of fits that mold of like, you know, the, the, fa- the fantasy of mom. a teenage boy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the stepmom or the mom, uh, that those kind of vibes yeah um and she she went in and i think that the money was coming in so crazy she didn't want it she she don't at that point she probably didn't care about how it looked for her kids because she she bringing in six figures a month like yeah worry about no ain't worry about no catholic school i could buy that school now oh man it's just it's just sad that it had to come to the expense of your of your child's fucking childhood yeah that's the point that's fucked up because look People, what people tend to do is, I don't. I'm not saying this happened with her, but they tend to either have kids too early, and what happens is, is they want to hold on to their youth, and they always want to go out to these clubs and get shit faced and be half naked and all of that. But the problem with that is, you have kids; mm-hmm. they see your ass doing this shit. Yeah, you can't. It doesn't always work for you to be a parent that says, "Do as I say, not as I do." Mm-hmm. That's not. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. What I will say is, even with my own dad. Um, even when he was he when he was not doing something right, meaning like, you know, when he had a drug pass, he would tell me straight up, hey, look, don't ever do drugs. Don't ever do drugs. You see what it's doing to me? Mm-hmm. But even though he wasn't doing something right, he was transparent about it. And mm-hmm. that's what made it. I'm not saying it made it right, but it just it rang in my head. But imagine imagine if you don't see nothing wrong with what you're doing in front of your kids. Yeah, it's, Ima- the worst. it's the worst. Imagine if you don't see nothing wrong with you twerking with your titties out imagine if you doing all this shit and you don't even see a problem with it and now your kids got to suffer because of it that's the crazy part the the, it's interesting though because um there are uh a lot of not a lot but there are some adults uh film stars i guess you would call them yeah porn porn uh, porn stars yeah (laughs) professional porners Uh. um they're uh they're they're hiding their faces now Wow. So I think that's interesting. Obviously, there's, uh, you know, people want to see people's faces, but what they're doing is they're hiding their faces. So basically, when they bow out of the game, right. um, you know, they could still live a fairly normal life. That's real. Dude, I'll tell you this much right now. If they allow you to hide your face, I'm just going to do porn. Do it, man. I'm going to do it, bro. It's going to be somebody like, that look like Eddie Weenie right yeah. there. <laughs> I know Eddie Weenie. I know Eddie Weenie was. <laughs> uh, uh, them comments going to be crazy. They'll be like, I love your podcast. That shit is hilarious. Uh, that's crazy. That'd be crazy if you did it like, I know that's Keith. I can tell by his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 
crazy. I know that laugh from anywhere. <laughs> That's Keith. <laughs> this nigga Keith would be wearing some Jordans in the corner. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But it is a whole like a whole new. I don't call it a new movement, but there's a movement of like, and people be popping out here. It's a couple that does it, and they they don't show, like the way they shoot it. They don't show their face. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That what what would suck though is if you got a huge name from it, right? Mm-hmm. And you you get a following because. The, the whole following the pages and all that it's just like anything else instagram whatever so if you're like a, per, a person that just does sex tapes with like your wife or your whatever your significant other and now you got like two million followers and then all of a sudden it kind of they they shoot it but they don't edit it right and it pans up in your whole face show yeah they'd be like hey that guy's a cop damn <laughs> yeah yeah. I know that dude. He works at Albertsons, bro. <laughs> if you got two million followers, you should not be working at Albertsons. Nah, who knows yeah. though, man. It you, might want to live a regular life. Yeah, they might want to live a regular life. Cause <clears throat> the, the, look, you're you're basically if you don't have any type of job, because porn that might have that might be the best job anyone can have. If to you, make to make money doing something you actually you, like doing? You, yeah, did you already do? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be stressed. Like, imagine if you did porn, right? And you just wake up like, I got to go to work. I got to bust in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would not be mad. I don't care if you're a woman, man, whatever. The, the only turnoff would be the, the, the cinematic part of it. What right? do you mean? Because, like, the way they shoot, especially, like, the high the yeah. high. Uh, quality ones it's like a movie so it's like hey uh, let me switch over here let me get this angle and then you know switch over here and you know I think you know, just like for the guys it's probably not that bad but it I guess having it kind of removes that uh, the natural yeah like the nat- you know like the meeting the person yeah. or like you know just ha- having a, a a romantic relationship with them or like chemistry it kind of removes all that and it turns it into just like that's why sport that's why black porn they just get right into it yeah they, soon, they, soon they, you start it up like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the first frame is just it don't be no like even like hey my name is don quail uh yeah none of that yeah at least in the in, in, at least in the white porn they'd be like hey i got a delivery um It'd be like a UPS dude come in like, hey, uh, ma'am, you got a delivery? I have a big package for you. <laughs> it's funny how that <laughs> stuff has changed. Like, like just uh, it's not that co- like that cheesy like stuff yeah. anymore. It's still those same storylines just because like I guess people like watching that. But right. they shooting uh, they shooting porn on like red cameras and stuff now. Well, what cameras? <laughs> With the reds. What's that? Red. Like the this is like a cinematic camera. Oh. That's what they shoot like movies with. That's crazy. Yeah. It's too much, man. Some people probably, some people want too much. They probably got to have like a narrator. You got Morgan Freeman narrating yeah. porn and shit now. Yeah. As he puts the penis in the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she sure knows how to throw it back. <laughs> That's be, crazy. I think that'd be the most hilarious shit ever. If you either got Morgan Freeman narrating a porno or uh, Barack Obama, those would be the two most hilarious people fucking narrating. Yeah. Look at the way. She uh, uh uh throws it back. <laughs> she kind of throws it back like Michelle. <laughs> the the centripetal force on that ass. Is, uh, <laughs> the cra- I, before we move on, uh-huh. I think that um the the only bad part about this is the kids get kicked out of school. Yeah, right. And as, and exactly. as a child, like that would be if if that happened to me, like I would be heartbroken and super yeah. embarrassed. The reason I, why? Yeah, I would not want to go back to school. Um. But for her and even the girl that taught at Frontier, 
Um, oh yeah, the this teacher. is the greatest public publicity you can ever get. It I don't. Is. I was looking at a thing where it said six hundred and thirty. Uh, 30,000 followers Right I don't know how many of those Are post this article Coming right. out so, that's nuts And then the other teacher At Frontier Like if she didn't leverage that Into just being like The biggest porn star Like she tripping Yeah I, I just think <clears> that like <throat> you, If you're gonna do this the, Here's my thing mm. If you're gonna do this And you're doing it Because she's 44 years old So now she's embarked On this new journey To find herself And be All these things And and it's like you're 44 year old woman. You're very attractive, especially for your just in general. She's just attractive in general, mm-hmm. but especially for your age. And you might want to like find a business or something to funnel your money in and give your kids a fucking break. Find something. Nice. Find something lucrative that you could invest in that's going to make you a significant amount of money. Probably do this shit for maybe another year at the most. And then just fucking stop, man. And you know, like like we were saying, everything doesn't have to live on the internet forever. Right. So she just archived all those posts and yeah. uh, delete your OnlyFans. Like, mm-hmm. she, she can live somewhat somewhat normalcy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because she's not super famous, you know what I mean? It ain't yeah. like it ain't like people are like taking uh, screenshots. Like, a, if a guy like, like Keith Sanfield posts anything on Instagram, people are screenshotting this news. There's going to be an article about it. Like, yeah, such and such posted this but today. You could, you, yeah. She could live like low-key normal after afterwards. Yeah. She, she It'll could. be a rumor. It'll be people talking, but, you right. know. She's not so popular that she can't live a normal life. If, if In her city, maybe never. But if she said, you know what? I'm going to delete all this shit. I'm going to move to Bakersfield. Nobody's going to know that you were the chick that was on OnlyFans. It was only one person that I that I know personally that was following that. And page. it was one that I knew. Yeah, so and she could they, be regular and out there. Yeah, and they y'all some freaks. I already know who y'all is. I'm not gonna say no names. <laughs> y'all some straight up freaks. Yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah, that's all we got on that. Uh, switching yeah. gears. Um, recently, um, the quarterback Cam Newton of the New England Patriots, um, <laughs> the unemployed. Yeah, New England Patriots, but um, he's a free agent right now, yeah. so he currently is not is not with a team. But however, he had a camp recently, and in that camp, he was started being heckled by a young man because uh, the young man would say, "Man, you're a free agent, you broke this and that," and it kind of came out of left field. So let me go ahead and read the article connected to it. Cam Newton gets an argument with young heckler at his camp and goes viral. Um, while hosting a football camp, Cam Newton got into an argument with an attendee. That has since gone viral. The young player seemed to target Newton about his free agency, among other things. Um, the video begins with the young player repeatedly yelling, you a free agent to Cam Newton, uh, to which the quarterback res- responded with, I'm rich. You, you about to be poor. The young player said in the response, Newton then asked the unnamed heckler where his father was. And asked to speak with him all the while, he continued to say, you're a free agent, as both of them continued to speak over each other. Newton, 31, just finished his first season uh, and likely his last with the Patriots, where he threw for 2,600 yards and eight touchdowns, along with 10 interceptions and his 15 games played. The Patriots finished 79 and are expected to part ways with Newton, according to the January report. <clears throat> Once the video picked up attention on social media, Newton addressed it on on his Instagram account when he posted a video of him talking to the young one on one young player one on one. Newton asked him about his school season, how he performed, and repeatedly said that there was no problem between the two of them. Um, talking to the child, talking to a child with 
with everybody looking does does me no good. Newton said in the post. So instead of me speaking or going back and forth with the child, I wanted to have a man to man conversation with his father. Although the the video went viral, across, uh, athletes across football and other sports were disappointed. A player attending Newton's camp would treat him with such disrespect. Newton was named MVP 2015 and drafted number one in 2011. Okay. What I took from the video is envy can make you do and say so many things. That young boy felt the need to heckle a NFL athlete who made it where what's the percentage is it was it one percent yeah i don't know it's super low the percentage of yeah. you actually going to the nfl are incredibly 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 low and the in the career that cam newton has had in the nfl is better than 90 plus percent of people who actually go to the nfl the mm-hmm. average nfl career only lasts like three seasons mm-hmm. yeah if that i know a lot i know some guys personally went to the nfl and they got washed right out yeah so this young man did this and it's it's the fact that uh maybe this is just my uh opinion maybe there was someone next to him and he was like man cab trash and they was like we'll say it to his face mm-hmm. i think a lot of kids fall uh pray they fall victim to peer pressure and i feel like that young man was talking shit and one of his teammates said say it to his face so he did and the young man really tried to act like he was better than cam newton he was just a kid yeah how do you like what world do you, what delusion do you have to live in as a young man that you think you can heckle a NFL quarterback? Mm-hmm. So you, you, there's a certain amount of delusion, but there more than anything, there is envy. You should never be so envious that you become delusional and heckle someone that has acquired more success than you could even dream of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, that's kind of what it showed to me because. Uh, we but we see it all the time, and you know, Eddie and I were talking before the podcast about certain you know people here locally that uh, that get slighted by other people in the same way um, because of that jealousy or that envy. Um, you could you know, in reference to us, you know, it could be somebody, um, you know, people having a casual conversation about podcasts here in Bakersfield, and you know, they'll be uh, they'll uh, and I've heard this before. Um, there was a guy like, yo, I have the best podcast in Bakersfield. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guy doing, doing the most out here. And uh, somebody was like, yo, I, my, my favorite podcast is a Trucker's My Podcast. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But my favorite, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the one really moving out here. I'm doing the best interviews. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And that's like the same kind of tone that this, this guy presents. Right. But it's just one of those things where it's, uh, first of all, it's like immature. He, he's a kid. So I guess you, you kind of get a pass, but it's to me. It's like you. You ever. Uh, you know, like when when kids get tried as adults, right? You know, I think this is one of those situations because yeah, it's like you. You kind of remove that. You kind of remove that that immaturity aspect to it because he's just talking reckless. Yeah, you know, it's calling him trash, calling him. You know, you know, saying you're a free agent and and just being this extremely disrespectful right. when you at this man's camp. Yeah. You know what I mean? He put in years and years and years, and he's a very successful uh, athlete. Right. You know, um, winning the the MB, MVP in the NFL and stuff. And then when he started to actually sit down and like when the, when the tone quieted down and he started talking to him, um, like the video that they posted afterwards, the conversation didn't go that much better. It you nah, know that was not they they never really reached a real understanding. The the conversation ended when the coach kind of approached him. Right. It was kind of like. 
they were talking at each other still. And I feel like Cam Newton, although he was the bigger person and he was trying to, you know, really uh, teach the guy, you know, just about life and, you know, being uh, about respect and stuff like that. Right. I still I still felt like he felt slighted by the kid. A hundred percent. You know, and you could hear it in his tone and the other way around. And the guy was like, I felt like he, he felt like Cam Newton was attacking him. So it was, it was, it seemed like to me, and, and uh, no disrespect, I think Cam Newton's emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence was a little bit higher. But it seemed like to me, like two people were like kind of low key, low emotional intelligence, um, speaking to one another, and it just kind of ended. It it, it it really never resolved. I think his emotional intelligence was very low at the beginning, uh, Cam Newton. Yeah. I think that his ego was speaking before anything. Yeah. When you say, "But I'm rich," but I'm rich. It's such a just a juvenile response mm-hmm. to something like this. Um, the thing about it is, as a man, you have to have control over your emotions. And you also have to understand that with Cam, his ego was very it was his, his ego, his ego, his ego was affected. Mm-hmm. He had a bruised ego when because he has to realize Cam Newton was a starting quarterback for the Panthers for I don't know how many seasons. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He went from that to going to a team and basically being a one and done. And now he's a free agent. So if you think that that doesn't affect your ego, it definitely does. And the fact that somebody is calling you out and you already feel inadequate, that's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. So he didn't say, hey, but I, he, you notice Cam didn't say, I'm going to be on the team. I'm not tripping. He didn't say that. He, he said, said but I'm rich, but mm-hmm. I'm rich, though. Truth be told, Cam is playing for the love of the game. But what the, the thing is, is he had to, you know, resort to saying, but I'm rich, though. And but saying, but I'm rich is to say, look at you. You poor. What are you doing talking yeah, about me? Yeah, there's a bigger there's a bigger undertone to him saying I'm rich. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. It, it's it's uh, imagine, it's OK. For example, let's say. I'm standing somewhere, I'm lifting weights, and some dude that's like skinny with no muscle was like, uh, you ain't buff, mm-hmm. or you ain't, you're not that strong. I'll be like, but you scrawny though. Mm-hmm. Look at you scrawny. Mm-hmm. You look you look like a baby. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, like, all right, man, you entitled to feel how you want. Yeah. You just what you the the most powerful thing you could do as a man is when someone takes a shot at you, is to not give them no energy. Yeah. And I think in 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 retrospect, I think most people in Cam Newton's situation probably would have reacted the way they did. And like you mm-hmm. said, like initially he showed that 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 bruised ego a little bit, you know, especially when it's a kid, because, you know, a lot of times kid, kids um, and I, I don't know, I don't really think he's a kid. I think he's a young adult, but a person that age, like, you know, that they, they almost are too honest at times. So I think a person like Cam Newton, you know, who knows how he was feeling that day. Um, he just kind of like said the wrong thing at the right time and he was, he was feeling it. So I I think what's going to happen next, nobody's talking about this is that young man that was talking shit, whatever position he plays, he's going to do something stupid. And they'd be like, this, the kid that was talking about Cam Newton, that video is going to come out. Watch, mm-hmm. he because he was like, "So what do you do for your team?" And the kid was like, "You'll see, you'll see." And it's like, you are in high school. You could you could tell like too when he actually talked to him, talked to him like he didn't he didn't have it all together. No, like it, he's probably good at roasting people, but when it really come down to having a one on one conversation, he, he don't do he can't put the words together because he was he was like uh, the job. He's like, "Did y'all what y'all do early? Did y'all win today?" 
he was like, uh, we went uh, one and two. I, I mean, I mean, two, two and one. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. He like, was nervous. You're going to do all this shit talking and you, you, what it is, is, is Cam switched it up on you and was like, basically had to son you like, look, I'm a grown man. I'm employed by the NFL. You are a kid. You are in high school. You are not making your money. I asked you where your dad was at. Mm-hmm. Obviously your dad ain't here. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton asked for his dad. I don't think that that was a bad thing. Yeah. I think people are making that into a joke. Right. <laughs> but honestly, it should be where your dad at because if I'm a grown man and I can't beat your ass, <laughs> I'm gonna go get your dad and be like, yeah. hey, you know, because Charlemagne brought this up. He was right though, because my dad, you, whenever somebody got into it with me or something happened at school or whatever, he'd be like, hey, uh, where is this young man's father at? Where is this kid's father at? And they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, we tried to contact. He said, I need to speak to this person's dad. Yeah, yeah, because if you <laughs> if you talking shit to me. I can't beat you up, but if I talk to your dad and your dad is the same way as you, yeah. Now your dad it's about to, down, huh? your dad about to get a quarterback left, right hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I just look at the end of the day. I don't care how envious you are of someone else. First of all, you really shouldn't be envious. Focus on your own life. But this young man is suffering from more than just um, just envy. It's probably a whole but a, a multitude of things, mm-hmm. and probably when he said where your dad at, that probably opened up a sore spot. I don't know if the kid's dad is in his life or not, mm-hmm. but dang, that's that. Like if y'all if you roasting somebody, that's probably a say where your dad. That's at? a killer one. They'd be like, yeah. that's why your shoes. Where your daddy at? Oh dang. Where your dad at? That's why he left you. Dang. No, that- <laughs> got a whole nother family. <laughs> that's why your dad in jail. <laughs> Dang. Hey, that's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why your mom cheated on your dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, why your brother light skin. <laughs> Everybody like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Badass fucking kid. <laughs> that's funny. All right, switching gears. Uh, Jeremy Lin. Um, recently, Jeremy Lin spoke on the topic of racism, and that's... Uh, being towards Asian people, there's been like a, a rise in uh, hate crimes and crimes against Asian people. And Jeremy Lin may sh- is speaking up about it. Okay, let's see here. Um, Ex NBA star Jeremy Lin says he's been called coronavirus on the court. Um, as a number of violent attacks against Asian Americans escalate, former NBA star Jeremy Lin says he has experienced racism while playing in NBA. Uh, where the hell is the fucking article down there? Come on, really? That's the best you guys got? Okay, view on CNN. Jeez. All right. Uh, oh, Lord. There's no real article connected to it. That's all it says. All right. We'll just go off of that here. Um, In regards to Jeremy Lin saying he's been called coronavirus, I believe it. I, for sure. I think that a lot of times as black people, um, we especially things we've experienced um, in America from a historical context, you know, uh, being called the N-word, segregation, uh, systemic racism, all of these things we've been through. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have to realize as a group, whenever we're dominating a space such as like the NBA and you got Jeremy Lin out there that's the only Asian player and you got somebody, I'm not saying all black players are doing this shit, but if 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 you are a black player and you cracking Asian jokes on Jeremy Lin, and you calling him coronavirus. Imagine like in the 1940s when it was only like fucking one black person on the NBA roster. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was getting called a nigger, you know, on the court. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And obviously he didn't like that very much, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that, that's got to stop. You can't be calling Asian people this shit. Yeah. Especially if you come from an oppressed group and you oppressing other people, that's got to stop. So am I calling out every black person about this? No, because mm-hmm. every black person is not walking around uh, uh, insulting Asians. But what I will say is if you happen to be black and you are openly insulting an Asian player by calling them this shit, then you need to fucking knock it off. Yeah. I think like the idea of civil rights is, you know, the the way we coin it is the way it is for a reason. Right. Um, it's not necessarily like just specifically geared towards black people. There are, um, you know, some some Middle Eastern people in America that go through a lot. Indians and, yeah. you know, people I when I went to school, um, um, I went to what college I went to uh, college with some people from Pakistan and mm-hmm. uh, Sri Lanka and different in different places like that. And they all um, could tell you stories of different experiences they had, you know, whether it's like people feeling uncomfortable with them or, you know, telling them to go back to their country or that, like. So people a lot, a lot of those, you know, sections of people go through a lot of things. And I think in order for us to really uh kind of make amends here in America, the people that are going through these type of things have to stick together. It's kind of uh, uh, piggybacking off the idea of like what Fred ha- Hampton did with the Rainbow Coalition and just bringing together all the oppressed people. Like if, if um, and the, the thing about it too is a guy like Jeremy Lin, I'm almost positive he supports Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Matters. And I'm sure he, you know, he has spoken out against, you know, different uh, things that's been going on with police brutality and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. it's only right for, uh, you know, for us as black people and black people with a voice to just speak up on it. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't necessarily have to uh, go over the top with what you're doing, but just, but just by speaking on it, it brings a certain level of awareness to it because yeah. that's what, that's what they want. Um, they being like whatever entity it is, that's what they want is for these things to happen. And it just kind of gets swept under the rug. Because there's there's no repercussions for any of it. Yeah. But, you know, when these things happen and, you know, there's uh, there's there's um, people of notoriety speaking out on it, then um, it doesn't so it, it doesn't so easily get swept under the rug. So when it happens again, they're like there's right. more effort into the investigation. There's more effort into right. people finding out who's doing these heinous crimes. And then when they get locked up, it's you know, it's it's a uh, it's a, it's a it's a news it's a headline and it just prevents from this yeah. from happening more so. Yeah, there's some people that are so ignorant that since COVID happened and they see a Chinese person, they'd be like, you know, you got the China virus, get the fuck out of my country type shit. Mm-hmm. And there's been hate crimes against uh, Asian people, which mm-hmm. is, to me, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, 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 it's I, I can't even, it's ignorant. I can't even comprehend it. Mm-hmm. But on the other end, there's a, there's another thing, like, for example, remember when Montrez Harrell, I guess he got into it with, uh, uh, from the Mavericks. Damn it the hell's his name that number 77 oh Luka Doncic Luka Doncic uh Luka Doncic was whooping their ass and uh Montrez Harrell was like you punk ass white boy or mm-hmm. you bitch ass white boy whatever the case mm-hmm. and I was like yo that shit ain't cool bro yeah like at, at all like I'm not like oh man he, he white he'll get over it mm-hmm. like nah you can't do that because you got to go back to when it was only one black player on the fucking court and he was getting called monkeys and niggers, and that, and that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Now you can't turn around because as black people dominating the NBA and you calling people punk-ass white boys and coronavirus, that shit is not going to fly. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that you need to do 
as a person who does deem themselves as you know, you, you is you know you you like me and Keith talk about things such as you know whether it be systemic racism or racism, whatever. We try to give this whole story about it. You got to make sure you are being objective. Also, don't mm-hmm. be the black person that's only defending black people, and then when something else happens with somebody else, you say nothing. You just turn your back. You just turn your back like it's mm-hmm. not happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've heard many Asian people when I was coming up getting jokes cracked on them or people doing the thing with their eyes where they pinch their eyes and they pull them to the side so their eyes be small and I was the one laughing at the jokes okay mm-hmm. so being as I'm the one la- I was the one laughing at the jokes and shit I'm contributing to the problem because mm-hmm. I think like oh man they're just they're just Asian they'll get over it like no yeah if you are the if, if the same you don't ever want to be that black person that is super sensitive to being called the n-word you willing to fight everybody but you're the same one cracking jokes on chinese people um with the eyes and all of that yeah yeah that you we always have to treat people how they want to be treated 100 percent. so if even if you in your mind be like oh it's just calling somebody the coronavirus is not that bad there's you know worse things in the world that we could call right uh an Asian person, if they don't like that terminology, then just don't say it. Like it's right. not going to kill you not to offend somebody, right? It's yeah. not. It's not like you like itching like, oh fuck, you know, uh, you have to get this joke off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, well, I mean, I, 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 I was a Panda Express. Yeah. Like, okay, motherfucker, don't let it out. Just, fuck. That's crazy. <laughs> no, nah, man. Like I got, I got some uh, a, a homegirl and some people I know that happen to be Asian. Mm-hmm. And we pretty close, and they'll crack black jokes, but the jokes be funny. Yeah, right. When when a joke, when a racial joke is hilarious, then just laugh at it. And yeah. I crack jokes on her, and she is Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the deal, man. We we have a relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't go up to some random Asian person cracking these jokes. I touched your fucking laptop. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry about that, Keith. Are you good? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, get your black hands off my laptop. <laughs> get your Black Lives Matter hand. Get your Black Lives Matter hand off my laptop. <laughs> no, nah, man. But if you have a relation, if you're, let's say you're a white guy and you have a friendship relationship with a black dude, you've known him like 23 years, mm-hmm. and you crack a black joke, I'm sure that that black joke is going to be um, in in such a way to where. It's funny and it's not some deep, unfunny, racist bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I know some white guys like that that crack black jokes, but you can tell they don't fucking hate black people. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Where, but if you if you calling just a Chinese person that you don't know mm-hmm. coronavirus, you a piece of shit for that, bro. <laughs> you a piece of shit for that. <laughs> yeah. That's trash. Did, so was this? Did this come from a fan or from a, from a, a fucking player? player? Oh, from a player. He yeah, said he that's gets trash. big call coronavirus on the court. That's trash. And he said he came out with another. Uh, they asked him. He said, "I'm not. I'm not gonna out. I'm not outing anyone. I'm just saying I've been called coronavirus. Period. It better not be no player talking shit to Jeremy like, oh, Jeremy just making a big deal. It's like, nah, bro. He the only Asian guy." On the court uh, at all times. Yeah, there are no other Asian. Is there any other Asian guys in the NBA? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Um. Well, Jordan Clarkson is Filipino. He's black. Yeah, and Filipino. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only other Asian. Yeah. Guy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I just think like we have to stop trying and I, and I haven't seen anybody say like oh he just tripping or whatever but I'm just saying like if that is the narrative we have to stop trying to suppress 
people that are um, expressing themselves or, you know, telling telling us how they feel about racism. Because if you want your voice to be heard, you can't try to suppress you yeah. know, somebody like Jeremy Lin's voice. Trying to stifle somebody's voice. And, and the thing about his statement, too, it felt like like. Um, uh, like it has built up over years, you know. What yeah. I mean? It didn't sound it, it. It didn't sound like to me like he was just crying about one little thing that happened, or you know, he was in a certain place or whatever. It just felt like, you know, after so many years of being disrespected and being the oh kind of athletic guy for an Asian or all these kind of things, like he finally just you know said something about it. Imagine, and this, and there's been uh, multiple black hockey players who have talked about this. There is a. Uh, there's a black man who went into the NHL Hall of Fame recently. It was only like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And um, he had some close friends that knew about the type of racism he went through. He actually ended up somebody kicked him in the head with like a cleat. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them made him blind in one eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. It fucked him up big time. But um, when he got inducted to the NHL Hall of Fame, there was some a couple friends around from the, uh, from then. And uh, one of his teammates' wives, she was just crying, just crying big time because she remembered what he went through as mm-hmm. a black man playing in the hockey, playing in, in the NHL. So just imagine being a black man playing in the NHL where there's hardly no black players, right, even up to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, then you, if, you, if you're a white guy playing in the NBA, they're going to be abusing your ass. They're going to be talking all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. J.J. Reddick talked about how being the only white guy on a lot of teams, it was like bitch ass white boy and punk ass white boy. And he said, man, honestly, dude, I don't really give a fuck. Cause you know, it's, it comes with the territory. You know, people are going to talk shit to you. This is a dominated, this is a sport dominated by black men. It is what it is. But the thing about it is the difference with white people or a white guy playing in the NBA is there's no historical context that goes back now that that's tied to him. However, it is not right to call a white person, a punk ass white boy or you ain't shit. And then another thing that I've seen a lot of black men do is when let's say it's a, a white dude that's good at basketball and he puts a move on you and he and he shoots it and makes it. They can be like, oh, man, you gonna let a white boy do you like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, he's actually really good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Larry Bird. One, one thing I, I <laughs> one thing I think about, too, is like um because we, we all know how it historically played out as far as like black people being slaves and right. not black people are the minorities in America. But the, the, with, with those sample sizes of, uh, you know, black people being um, on the court and saying certain things, what those sample size tells me, tell me is that it could possibly be like a, a, a retro, I guess, a, a reversal mm-hmm. of, of sorts. Yeah. But it also tells me that it is possible that if we were the majority in America, then that we would be those same people. Mm. Like if it was, you know, you, you, you could tell like in a room if it's like, you know, six black dudes and like one one white dude or, you know, whatever. It might be people saying like little things or yeah. if there's a minority of any kind, like little people more, start to, yeah. you know, like seems to be certain instances where like I'll be the. Uh, around a bunch of people and I'm the only one that went to college or whatever and then right. you know they made me cracking a whole bunch of jokes like that so what I'm saying is like right it, sh- it looks bad because in my mind I kind of go back to thinking like yo like we, we aren't any better than the I guess the I guess the people that are like oppressing minorities if right. we act 
the like same that. as them in those situations. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the, I would call it like the, the break room experience where if you go into a break room, let's say it's like seven black dudes and like uh, and like one white guy comes in. It's still going to be like, all right, man. Hey, for sure, man. Hey, you stay up. All right, man. Peace. Take it easy. Right. Mm-hmm. All the black lingo, like the aura, the energy of that room is going to be black. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be black. The mm-hmm. white guy is just there. He just gonna be sitting there quiet watching TV. Yeah, right? you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But the room will be dominant. Or you're the black guy and you walk into a break room and it's all white. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Fuck yeah, man! I put a fucking six inch lift on my truck, dude. I got some tires, man. I got a got a crowbar. I did all this, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. it. The aura of the room is white, mm-hmm. right? That's just the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. So if you are in a black or white dominated space, the energy is different. Mm-hmm. I've went. I've I've worked at jobs where I was the only black guy, mm-hmm. and the way you feel, it's not like oh they're being racist towards me or whatever, but it's kind of like yo, I'm the odd man out. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to stick in. I'm just doing my job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you could tell like it's more or less the conversations are completely contrary to what you grew up. Mm-hmm. What what you grew up like if if it's a bunch of black men and they talking about I don't know they talking about wave caps. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I got this wave cap is good. I use this grease on my hair and I do this. The white guy cannot be a part of that fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know shit about wave caps or wave grease. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, um, yeah, um, I don't use wave grease, but I heard the wave caps are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I seen a white dude with a wave cap on one day and I just started laughing. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Really? Yeah. What That's are you funny. Doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, it, can, I wonder if a white guy could get waves. Uh, I, if your hair is curly enough, mm-hmm. I think uh, I seen I seen it before. But they have they have to have like super curly hair, and no. you know it just it, it looks it looks it looks interesting. There's some white guys that got afros though. Yeah, those like those are the ones that could probably yeah. get like if they laid it down right, they could they could definitely. Get I went some. to school. I went to school with a white guy and a Mexican dude. They both had afros. I was like, what the fuck yeah. happened? Yeah. How the fuck did this happen? It's a milkman. Yeah, I think it's just somewhere deep into your your genetic bloodline somewhere. I don't know. It's a black guy standing there somewhere. Uh, they have. Rec- I mean, you heard of like recessive traits? Uh, no, I've not. Um, it's like um, like so in like biology, we would learn about um, like recessive traits, and we we do this chart. So it it'd basically be like you know if your parents have uh, like. Uh, brown eyes and then blue mm-hmm. eyes and okay. then it it'd be a chart of what's the possibilities of the outcome of the children so it'd be mm-hmm. like yo the, they can have black or brown eyes and they get blue eyes and then mm-hmm. sometimes what happens is like certain re- traits are recessive so like wow. like uh, people with red hair Got you it. know that tends to be a recessive trait so some like two people that are blonde can have a child that it has red hair because right. it's a recessive trait yeah oh, wow. so that could potentially happen with you know people with yeah, afros. I just thought that like if you go far enough back, like on the family tree, all it just all of a sudden you just see a black dude like. <laughs> <laughs> My great 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 grandson gonna have an afro. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, this is some in- interesting conversation me and Keith had. Um, according to um, statistics. Let me see if I can pull the one up right now. It's in regards to marriage. Let me see here. No, it's not coming up. Oh man, 
Well, anyways, I'm not going to bore you to death. Basically, according to uh, statistics, the number one cause for divorce is financial problems, right? Um, which is like on a high 30s, 41 percentile. Um, and you would think that it was, you know, maybe it was infidelity or whatever else like that. And it's not, dude. It's finances. You would think that something is so trivial, people would not be getting divorced over that. Mm-hmm. But me and Keith, during the conversation, came up with many reasons why this could be happening. Um, one of them for me is, is, is I also looked at another statistic that um, the, the number one, like women initiate divorces at a 70% rate. 70%, right? What I think it is, is men are expected to lead just in society. I know that the whole equality and all of this, and I understand it, but men, there are things expected of men that are not really expected of women. That's just how society is. And I think that if a man, a lot of times the things a man is willing to do to get a woman, a lot of times they become a little bit complacent, right? Mm -hmm. So there could be a guy that's, you know, has the promise of money and all these things, and you notice how a lot of people, once they get in a relationship, usually, you know, they either both of them gain weight or just the guy gets fat or people just get really relaxed. And what I've noticed, too, is, <clears throat> believe it or not, women are attracted to financial. St- financial stability is attractive to women. Mm-hmm. They could deny it all they want. But a form of financial stability is attractive to them. So if that is taken away and a woman feels like they have to lead and they have to lead a grown man, they're going to leave you. Mm-hmm. They're going to fucking leave. And I'm not saying women are, I'm not saying women are um, gold diggers. Um, but I am also, I, but I am saying is finances are attractive to them. Yeah. And they say, well, I don't need a man. Forgive me money. I got my own money and this and that. You may have your own money, but there was also a statistic showing that women expect men to make 58% more than they, or they want a partner that makes 58% more than they make. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck, no way. Yeah. But there's, there's so many things that have happened that happen as a collaborative as men and women that cause these divorces. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I think that, um, so, so for me, I think that there, there's a few points like, uh, the the idea that the the money is so important it um it, i think it is what it is we we need money to survive we got to pay bills we got to pay rent car notes um all the above so the this this uh distress or the i guess the money is almost like has like this bullying tactic to it like you know they're people that are working the jobs that they don't want to work at they're people that are doing even i do some stuff um, to I do little odd jobs here and there just to get paid, when right. I, and I, in reality, I don't want to do it. But I know that I got bills to pay, I got rent, etc. Right. Um, so it has this bullying tactic to it. So what happens, like in relationships, is like when a when the status of people's finances change, um, it changes the dynamics of people's relationships. Because what happens also is that money is power. So if a if a person say, you know, say uh, uh, there's this woman and she's working, say she's like a teacher and the other person is uh, he works in the oil field and the, the person in the oil field probably makes a little bit probably makes a little bit more money than the, than the teacher does. Right. Um, depending on how long she teaches mm-hmm. and say, you know, the price of the barrel is dropping or whatever. And 
and he loses his job, um, that's going to change the dynamics of their relationship because yeah. the person with the money tends to be the person with the power. True. And um, it that's just the way our society is set up. That's the way we, we were raised as Americans is like right. money is power. Um, so it being that 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 money changes the, the dynamics of, of your relationship, it starts to bring on different conversations. So at a certain point in time, um, the husband would just take off and leave. Maybe he like, all right, honey, I'm going to the bar with my boys. Now that conversation is like, hey, honey, can I borrow like 50 bucks? I want to go to the bar with my boys. So just that conversation oh, alone changes shit. like the the dynamics of people's relationship. And I, I think above like the money, it's just like that change. Right. Um, uh, kind of hinders the growth of a person's relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. I've seen situations, though, um, that are different, meaning I know a guy that. Um, lost his job and was on unemployment and was about to get another job and his wife just told him hey look just don't get another job just stop just mm -hmm. try to open up your own do you start your own business and I'll just pay for all the bills till you get it up off the ground I think that women are willing to do that and step up for a man when they know that that man was be willing to do it himself yeah like when women respect you they're willing to go the extra mile I think another reason why this happens too is as far as divorces and stuff is because when women have doubts of who a man is, yeah, women. Here's the thing: women are some of the most loving, caring, and supportive people, but they are also cutthroat like a motherfucker. When women feel like you're lacking, they will leave your ass. It's not unconditional. It's not. Yes, you are loved. I don't know if. I don't know if. I don't know who has unconditional love. Nobody, especially a child. In like romantic relationships. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chris Rock cracked a joke about that. That you know. You know, children and they, just, they get unconditional love, but a man's love is based on conditions. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is a lot of people will disagree with that. But how many women are willing to women are not marrying potential anymore? They're mm -hmm. not. You need to be able to provide. Or if they are, it's for six months. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Here's the thing. A woman will marry for potential. But here's the difference. A potential plus work, meaning you already have things in motion. Mm -hmm. If you already have things going, you have businesses, you have connections, you have this, you have that, and you are honest and they see all that, they're like, okay, yeah, everything's going to add up. This guy is solid. Yeah. Right. But if you, if your, if your whole, if your whole identity was based off money, if you got a woman because you had a Maserati and you know, you had a boat and you had all this shit and you lose it, guess what? She's fucking gone. Yeah, That's, the thing about it too is like to me. To me, I uh, I understand like every situation is is its own because 100%. sometimes when um, those and it doesn't even have to uh, be the case where maybe you guys are splitting the bills fifty fifty and mm -hmm. you don't make that much more money than your husband, but um, sometimes the lack of earning money um, speaks volumes about the person. Because right. just in my personal life, that's how my parents' relationship changed. Like my dad lost his job and he just didn't have the desire to do better for himself. So after years and years and years, it finally was just like she just finally got fed up with the, the whole thing. And when you when you're not working or not being a productive citizen, you just start to get into all kind of nonsense. Um, so in those situations, like I can understand why. And I feel like although like there are women that are like 
very cutthroat in the sense of what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But there are some women out there that are like, yo, I'm trying to 100%. help you be a better 100%. person. But after a while, you just like, yo, like you, you just keep screwing up or you just not doing better for yourself. And it's uh, stressing me out and it's putting, um, you know, it's hurting. It's hurting me. So you just got to move on. So in those in those situations, um, I fully respect a, a woman being like, yo, I'm in that. In it sucks that that is like a financial reason, but that's mm-hmm. just like the the headline. But, the, yeah. you know, the subtext of that thing is like this person isn't wanting to do better for us as a family and he's not wanting to do nice. better for himself. hundred percent. I think it's deeper than that. I think it's deeper than that because you should want to do better for yourself as a man. For, forget women you should want to do better for yourself as a man so you can you know you can move with a certain amount of integrity mm-hmm. right and and what we talked about this a long time ago but the way you move and the way you the way you maneuver throughout life is like a credit score mm-hmm. so here's for example let's say that you were working a job you got let go you don't have a job if you're married and your wife is seeing you look for work She's seen you give effort. She's seen that you you saved a good amount of money to help pay bills around the house. She's seen that you're cleaning all this stuff. She's not going to be worried about what you got going on because she knows, like, look, I got a solid dude. Mm -hmm. But figure it out. We're going to figure it out together. But if you just give up, then that means you gave up on more than just the financial part. You just gave up on your partner. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. Um, And that's not cool. But. I do also think another thing is uh, in there also. I think that a lot of women do not ever want to worry about finances. I Mm -hmm. think that for a woman to worry about finances, if she's in a relationship is beneath her. Meaning if I have a man that's supposed to provide, I should not have to worry about bills getting paid around here. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's just, and that's been um, put into, into society. If a woman is married to a man, she shouldn't be stressing about bills in fact, it has been accepted by society for a man to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. That is ba- that is what has been going on through society. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying women don't pay for nothing. I'm sure they do. But a woman is not willing to pay for most of the bills. If you guys are married and living together, a woman does not want to pay 70% of the bills while you pay 30. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do that. They really I, Yeah, I think that... Um I was looking at these things and I think that, you know, the issue with a lot of relationships in general is that they don't speak about finances at all. Great point. Until it's, it's tell us way too late. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, a couple of videos that I had seen where um, shrinks were talking about, you know, different financial aspects of relationships. And, you know, they talked about how what happens a lot of times is like um, they'll have like joint accounts or something like that. And then the wife will go out and you know, if the say the husband is a breadwinner, the wife will go out and make a big purchase, maybe a new car, or, you know, a new new whatever wow. a TV or whatever, and that puts a strain on on their relationship. And that's because, like you said, they, the pe- people don't actually communicate finances until they start ar- communicate about finances until they start arguing, and that's like it's too late by then. So they were saying like one one good thing that you could do is like put a joint account together for the things that you guys pay together, know. like for, mm-hmm. you know, the rent or, you know, the mortgage or whatever mm-hmm. for the car payments, insurance, et cetera. And then you can have a separate account with right. just your fund money. Right. And then if you spending 
um, if you're making a big purchase with your own money, it's just like, well, that's on you. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't affect our, I guess you would consider your bottom line. It doesn't affect our home. It doesn't affect anything outside of you having to wait till a month later or a couple of weeks in order to right. you know put some money back into your thing. Yeah. Fuck a joint account. We could do a joint account. That's only for bills. Yeah. I, other Besides that, I think that, um, keeping distance in a way space is important even though you're married or you're in a relate you got to still remain your individual self mm-hmm. and i think that if you just say hey we're gonna put all our money in this together and then what happens too is because what this is the reason why this is a problem because women are better at organizing things they're better at um they're better at all the uh the the thinking shit women tend to be better at yeah. The organization skills, finances, women tend to be best at that. So they usually take that over. But here's my problem. As a man that's working and making money, I don't want to put my whole paycheck or whatever I'm doing into a joint account and then you dictate everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. I just don't ever want anyone, regardless if I'm married, whatever, to have that type of power over me. What's going to happen Some is... horror stories. Yes, or, yeah, because what's going to happen is... is Let's say I'm making way more than whatever she's making, and she and I'm what I'm doing is I'm boosting up her lifestyle because she's getting her nails done over and over, and she's getting the best nail job mm-hmm. over and over. And I'll be like, hold on a minute, what the fuck? Are you? And my thing is, I, is I'm not I'm not a, a snobby person with money or anything. If if you got a girl, it's fine to take care of her, man. Like, but I mean, taking care of her in a different way. Like, if she has something that she's struggling with. I feel like it's your job as a man to help your girl. Mm-hmm. If there, if her tires fucked up and they leak in air, get her some new tires. If her car's running bad, fix the car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think that you're just gonna dictate all my money, fuck that. Mm-hmm. We got to keep a separate account. And I was talking to my boy about this the other day for some reason, which is weird. Um, he was telling me, yeah, we we got a we have an account that we both put money into and stuff, but I have my own account. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, I was going, but going back to what you were saying about like kind of keeping a level of independence you have um, in, in relationships and um, how like guys should be wanting to work for themselves right. first and foremost and then kind of trickle down after that. Um, I, I look at like a guy like Jay Z. Um, you know, he just signed a deal with the, uh, with his Ace of Spade brand selling right. like 50% of it, um, which is a huge accom- accomplishment. And I I don't know for sure, but I would almost bet on this idea that he does a lot of that for himself. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he came into the game kind of as a braggadocious rapper, mm-hmm. um, you know, always bragging about the Rockefeller deal and how he, you know, he's his own boss and all these kind of things. So um, and that is more attractive to a woman probably yeah. than you know his physical attributes facts so um just you know as as men we have to think about things like that like you know f- do things for yourself and everything else will take will take care of itself that's the that's the greatest point out of anything either one of us has said is mm-hmm. we keep just said mm-hmm. because the thing about it too is it's two things if a lot of women divorce men and and, and i've seen the um um, even when I show Kevin Samuel, they say, I divorced my, uh, my husband. They said, why? Just, you know, just a lack of motivation, just a lack of, you know, a lack of him pushing himself or whatever. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. A lot of men leave with this idea that, you know, they try to prove that they're this person to this woman to get her. Like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm open this business. And yeah, I drive this Maserati. And, you know, I'm upgraded at the end of the year. There's all this conversation 
to trick women to get them to believe that you're this guy. And then when they when they get the woman, now it was all just a ploy. Like it was all just this 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 idea. And they see that he's really not this man. Yeah. They still love him, but they're getting tired. If the years go by, women are getting more and more and more tired of you. Mm-hmm. But if you're a guy like Jay-Z and you're chasing your purpose and you're making more money, you're doing it for you as a man. A woman is looking at you like, fuck, I thought this that was all he could do. He did even more. And he just keep elevating. He just keep elevating, keep elevating. If you you, you talked about like not mm-hmm. to cut you off, okay. but you talked about a certain level of uh I'm not not mysterious, but for lack of a better term, mysterious or like uh, this unknown that comes with these kind of people. Right. Like Beyonce don't know what Jay-Z gonna do next. He bought a freaking streaming company. He just, you know, he got his own, he got, Mm -hmm. he got cognac and he got champagne. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Rock Nation, sports agency, it's just like, it just keep going. So that is like, it's, it keeps a certain level of curiosity for your, for your partner. A hundred percent. But he's, the thing about it though, is that turns women on. If you're doing two things, if you're constantly trying to, either become your higher self, make more money or do things to bring up your value of life and you fucking the shit out of your girl, ah. you giving her good dick and financial support, yeah. she ain't going nowhere. And, and you're not cheating? And you're not cheating? That's all. You, you got to break it down. It's three steps that you got to do. to Three steps. Financial stability, <laughs> good dick, and mysteriousness. <laughs> And not cheating. And not cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Your value is too high. She couldn't go anywhere if she tried. Mm-hmm. And if she did try to leave and step out on you, she her punishment. Okay, look, if you're a good man and you're faithful and you got good dick and you got financial stability, mm-hmm. if she somehow is dumb enough to leave you, her punishment will be watching you continue to level up and get another woman. You're going to get a baddie, too. And you're going to get a one that look better, that's better than her, and she's going to sit there watching like, man, I fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the best way, man. Like, the, the, look, if, if and here's the thing. People say, well, Jay-Z, people try, try to say this shit, oh, Jay-Z looked like a camel or he looked like this. Let me be clear. If Beyonce left him, she could not upgrade. Yeah. Can we be honest about this? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not talking about looks. She could probably find someone that looks better. But it's gonna be women. It's gonna look weird too. It's gonna look weird. Who is she gonna upgrade to? Who? Drake is not an upgrade. Yeah. Who? Who's she gonna upgrade with? You can't think of any any. It gotta be Obama. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I got the baddest chick in the game wearing my thing. (laughs) I I don't. There's there's no upgrade. Yeah, there's no upgrade. But here's the thing. If Jay-Z was to move on, I'm not saying that, you know, he would exactly upgrade. But the chances are it's some women out there that would love to be Jay-Z's wife. It's some women that's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Some women that's moving. The CEOs and you yeah. know, Fortune 500 companies. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that even with that, like um, you got to think about like the people. I, who knows who Jay Z cheated with, but yeah, you know, I'm sure she was like this elite, like right. you know, right. runs at the head of Walgreens or something like that. Yeah, you got to think about this too. Think about this, like the type of women that Jay Z can get. Let's say, for example, let's say that Jennifer Lopez was single. I'm not saying it's an upgrade at all. Yeah, but as far as like women that make money, you got Beyonce, you got J Lo, you got uh, well, I'm gonna say Oprah. 
but <laughs> it's there's just the superiority the superior level of women that exists yeah you know but yeah I, I think that's i think that's one of the things you can leave from this conversation is the fact that two things are true there are some women that fall in love with the idea of men and they stick around and then they realize that oh this guy doesn't have the finances and women need to admit to themselves that financial stability is sexually attractive to them yeah because why if that's not the case then why are they filing for 70 percent of the fucking divorces i think um <laughs> what you're trying to say earlier is that there's like this clear-cut hierarchy of right men. right you know what i mean like and we talked about it before like a kobe bryant right know? this is one of the best basketball players ever mm-hmm. one just one of the greatest minds ever right 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 so you know uh, a, a woman like Vanessa, she's gonna be hard pressed to find somebody that's like even right. comparable to that. Mm-hmm. Not not even just financially, but just like mm-hmm. the way he thinks, the way he can get up in the morning and be like every morning at five a.m. like right. writing or going to work yep. out or whatever. Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, she gonna get with a nigga that's gonna be sleeping in, scratching his nuts at <laughs> nine a.m. Here's the problem with that: <clears throat> there are some men that are so superior in regards to how they move and what they do. That is some women that just die widows. You know, they probably just have a little bit of fun under the sun and it's like, I don't ever want to remarry again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's the truth. And, and I think that ultimately I got away from Keith's point that he just made. But I think ultimately you look at the divorces and whatnot, but then you also look at what plays into those 70 percent of divorces from women is also the fact that there are men that are not holding up their position that they started off with like if you if you did everything to get a woman right and you didn't do it for yourself that's the first mistake you made yeah you know what i'm saying you did it to live your life for a woman live your life Mm -hmm. one thing and this this it sucks to say this and it's going to sound very mansplaining but let me be clear a woman (laughs) needs to know that you don't need her bro i'm 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 not saying that to be fucked up but Mm -hmm. Everything you do is for you. She should be a compliment to your life, not the fucking focus. Your focus should be the goal. Wherever you're going in life, that is the focus. Mm-hmm. She's important, very important, but she should never be the focus of your life. If you make a woman the focus of your life, you will get divorced because it's taking you off your purpose. It's taking you off your path. And ultimately, you if you give up on yourself, she's going to leave you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're born. I don't think we're born with that kind of going back to that movie. So, right. like, imagine if they made that movie about a man trying to get married. Wow! Like that. That movie doesn't even work. I feel like it's no. like you said. It's, it's when we're when we're kids, even before we start liking um, even whatever individual, we like sports you know what i mean right. our first love is not even a human being our first love well you know obviously you love your family and stuff but someone not related to you or your friend or whatever your first love tends to be like you know for me i was growing up watching cartoons and um you know playing football and watching you know the 49ers play and all this kind of stuff it right. this is before i even thought about having a girlfriend or whatever right. so i think that's like you know you kind of have to put things into perspective and put things in order it's like you'll know, find your purpose Get on your grind. Do the best that you can. Um, put the most effort you can in that situation. And then, like, I liken it to, uh, like, those motorcycles with the little thing on the side. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's real. <clears throat> the store and the side cart, huh? 
Yeah, that was probably a bad analogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know a lot of animals go in a side cart, so I just the little that. dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dogs so, were in there with their helmets on. So to summarize what Keith said, that was a horrible analogy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna have a uh, somebody gonna chop up all the worst analogies we yeah, ever put together? It's gonna be failed analogies <laughs> by Trucker's Mind Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Offensive analogies. <laughs> Did you just compare a woman to a pet? <laughs> Fucking misogyny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, um, I don't want to beat the same point over the head, man. Just as men, make sure you hold up the end of the bargain for yourself. If you hold up the end of the bargain for yourself, your your wife, girlfriend will be happy about that because you are giving effort in your own life. Mm-hmm. And if she knows that if you won't give up on yourself, you won't give up on her. Man. You know what I'm saying? That shit is important. Yeah. And she won't run off and divorce you. And let's not forget one last major point. Women are supportive and very loving of a man that deserves it, but they are also cutthroat when you don't hold up the bargain. If you, Basically, you know, kind of to almost sum up what you were saying, saying mm-hmm. of summing it up, uh, if 70% of um, relationships or, well, 50% of uh Marriage is in because of financial reasons, right? No, it was less than that. Less, pre- it's one of the main <clears throat> causes for divorce is financial oh, reasons. 50% of relationships end, right? Or 50% of marriages end in divorce, in divorce, in correct. general. And then 30% of them end because of financial reasons, yeah, 30 plus percent, 30 yeah. something percent, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if there's no money issues at all, then you have a 30% more chance of staying together. That's a great point. And yeah. you got to make sure you're giving good dick. Nobody talks about that. Yeah, weak dick is at the, uh, I think it, I think I read a statistic. It was like 43% of. Uh, That's bad. <laughs> I'm just making that up. That's bad. <laughs> I've had sex with a chick that got out of the divorce and I could tell you that she wasn't getting fucked right. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't, bro. He was probably giving her regular dick, but she was yeah. like, I see why you got a divorce. <laughs> oh man, and all her walls, man. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, all my problems just went away. <laughs> Damn, there. It, uh, yeah. Before we move on, I have one last thing to say. One yeah. last thing, because we've been beating this topic down. There was a woman who was married, and I was posted a little video of me working out at the gym, and she said, "Dang, you got big arms." He's like. I wish my husband, no, he said, you got big arms. You looking good in there, Eddie. Like, I wish my husband worked out. God dang. What that told me right there was the fact that she is fed up with her marriage. And if I was, if I was like, if I preyed on married women, I probably could have fucked her. Yeah. Because she's looking at another man that she is interested in. This is why I have high alert. If I was to get married, I would be on my purpose for me, but because of the experience that I've had with women, mm-hmm. I know wh- how their brain works and how they think, and I can be caught slacking. Because you get caught slacking, that's when she's going to be doing shit like that. I think it goes both ways, though. Yeah. You know, I feel like women, there there are a lot of women that get very comfortable in relationships. Oh, true. Yeah. So I think... <clears throat> Yeah, y'all should keep each other on your toes. You That's know? facts. Because mm-hmm. the same thing happens. Like, you know, we, we are human and, you know, there's a lot of beautiful people in the world. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a lot of fat asses on Instagram. Yeah. 
That's a lot of teachers out there. This is Poindexter. A lot of teachers. A lot of fat white asses. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up, but before we wrap it up, we got a question. This is mm-hmm. one of the qu- one of the questions I found to be good. There's a lot of ones that you know, but we got enough time for one. Mm-hmm. The question was how to raise your credit, and what's my opinion on being an owner operator? That's yeah. a truck driver question. Since we literally never talk about trucks on this podcast. Um, what I will say is this is how to raise your credit is pretty simple. Um, one, if you do have credit cards, don't use them as your primary source of money. That's bad. Um, (laughs) yeah, if your credit utilization is too high, then your credit score is going to be low because that's sending a bad signal to the fucking bureaus. Mm -hmm. Um, keep your credit utilization down. Um, try to pay your bills on time. Um, that those are, it's pretty simple. But you, every every one of us has made mistakes. Um, yeah. I should, I mean, by now I should have eight hundred, but I don't. But if yeah, you, you get into sevens, then having a seven hundred, having having even a six ninety and up is decent credit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But no, I do not have an eight hundred. You know, but I have a decent credit. Yeah, I think uh, um, kind of going with what you're saying. Definitely, if you. If you have bad credit and you don't have credit cards, try to get a secured credit card. Right, right. Um, and there's different things. There's this thing called self. Um, it's like it's almost like a secured loan. Essentially, you're paying right. towards um, you're paying like however much a month. I, what I did, I did like a twenty five dollar thing every month, and it paid into almost like this this kind of a, a loan thing. Right, <clears throat> and then it sends you the money back. It's in with minus the interest rate, but it sends you the money back um, after you paid it all off. So that's a, uh, another uh, a great thing to have. Yep. So a secured loan and a, a secured credit card. And then after you get your secured credit card and you pay it for a couple of years, then they'll give you a regular credit card. Mm-hmm. And then you could, you know, you just pay that off and pay it off. Yeah. You don't even, you don't even need to have it for a couple of years. They'll, you just check your offers. Mm-hmm. You check your offers and you could just upgrade the card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah. So like even for me, like my credit card utilization is really high right now. Um, Cause yeah. I, yeah, just, I had a, I was telling you about my my uh my uh the my registration and stuff oh. how to pay the fine. I was like I don't want to use my personal money because no. like I want to you know I got a business to run right. so I want to have money to invest in my thing that's and what I was like for though. Yeah, so <laughs> but that's the thing like good thing about it is like once you build your credit up to a certain place you may dip a little bit because you maneuvering money and you moving moving money around right. in certain ways but because you have um, your credit lines are pretty high, you could still, yeah. you know, get back to a good position. hundred so, percent. Mm-hmm. The thing about t- people don't realize, too, is let's <clears> say you're a person that you make seventy three thousand dollars a year. Right. Let's say you make seventy three thousand dollars a year and you have bad credit. That's the equivalent to probably making like sixty thousand. Yeah. But if you have really good credit and you make seventy three thousand dollars a year, it's probably equivalent to making about eighty five thousand. Facts. Because so, you don't have to pay out of pocket for much of anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you you've been given you've been given some privileges. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always good credit to get, privilege. Right. Keep your get your credit up, man. Um so yeah, that that's important. Also, mm-hmm. don't don't run your credit unnecessarily and don't mm-hmm. don't open up too many lines of credit. If yeah. You, if you do it, do it at one time, but don't be like, oh every 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 time somebody wants to send you a credit card, don't yeah. fucking accept it. You gotta learn how to like not accept stuff. Yeah, I think when I was when I was 18, 19, 20 yeah. years old, I had no idea what anything about credit. Um, 
But one thing I did do was, you know, you see maybe you're shopping on eBay and you don't have the money right there or, um, you know, PayPal credit and stuff like that. I have zero credit history, but I'm applying for these things and it's just knocking down my credit. Yeah, I'm of course. like, dang, I wish I knew beforehand that I wasn't going to get accepted. But, Look, man, <clears throat> just debt in general is the American way. Yeah. It's a business, whether it's student loan debt or taxes or fucking uh, credit card. That doesn't matter. Debt yeah. is the American way. Businesses thrive off you being in debt. I th- yeah, you're you're 100 percent correct. I, to me personally, I'm not afraid of debt. And, you know, this is something that I kind of had to shift my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. America is in debt. Oh, uh, yeah. We make a ton of money every single day. So you yeah. just think about it like that. And That's- I'm personally in debt and. You know, I don't make a ton of money every day, but I'm not doing like I'm not living. I'm not homeless or anything. A hundred percent. It's just one of those things. You put it in perspective, man. Mm -hmm. It's people that I know. I'm not going to say no names, but they got they got debt, but they got loans for like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, how is this ever going to get paid off? It's that. But that's the thing. Like debt is really a subscription. It's, True. A, it's, a, it's like a Netflix subscription or something like yeah. that. They're just expecting you to pay a little bit every month. And then, you know, if you pay it off before you die, cool. But if not, then, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of that money is not even real. It's just no, like they're just not. moving numbers around. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how they make their money. <clears throat> they, yeah. they don't want to tell you like, well, this actually only costs 6000 So we'll charge you six. They make money for years off of you. Yeah. You know, and well, they can give out loans that, on money they technically don't actually have that's how they make their money yeah because it's not all being given it's not all being given at one time yeah it's not all liquid no it's Mm -hmm. not it's even like if it's like a home you got to pay a um uh what do you call it a freaking a mortgage yeah say your house is worth two hundred and ninety thousand dollars and you start paying in the 90s and you paid it off recently Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Man, what, who's who's doing this shit? We need a new studio, bro. Yeah, these people that just... What are, they, what are they listening to? What is that? Jesus Christ, these people. I don't know. Yeah, we normally don't have this problem, but now we got a bunch of loud-ass people in the fucking... <laughs> in, the, in, in, the, in the hallways in the, at the studio. <laughs> it completely fucked up my train of thought. But ultimately, look, that's one thing. Now let's move on to the other conversation they had about owner being op. an owner-op. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I am not an owner op. I'm an independent contractor, so I independently drive uh, for the owner op. Okay, I don't work for some big outfit, but I do work independently. And um, the cool thing about it is, is um, I don't have to worry about paying truck payments and insurance and all this other shit, you know. Um, but what I will say from um, watching a lot of owner ops, it's a lot of fucking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, it's almost like I'm not going to say slavery, but the thing about it is that they got loads and they need you to run them. They don't want to hear excuses. They need those loads ran. Yeah. So unless you're willing to be on that truck for seven days a week until you fucking hire somebody or something, do not become an owner out. Mm-hmm. Just I'm just being 100 percent honest. It, it's it to me, even if you make if, if you got I don't know how many trucks, let's say you got one truck and off that one truck you made. A couple hundred thousand. Let's say you made $270,000 on that truck. Yeah, you made $270,000, but how many days did you actually get off? Yeah. <laughs> not, not that much. If you're the only motherfucker on that truck, you ain't getting that many days off, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I think the best thing you could do is you could run hard as fuck at first, 
make enough money and then you got to hire somebody. Yeah. And then if you got, even if you got one truck, then you got to hire another person. Mm-hmm. I preferably, I would hire two people. So I ain't never got to be on that truck again. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just from my perspective as a nigga that don't know how to drive a truck, um, having a, having a business is difficult in general. Right. And, um, there's a certain level of what I would coin is like thugging it out. Like you yeah. gonna like you said, you're gonna have to thug it out and just be pushing, pushing, pushing until you um are in a position to hire uh, you know, different employees, like, you know, getting your loads up and stuff like that. But it's it's almost exponential growth though. Right. Cause if you like you said, if you thug it out, you drive on your own, then you hire somebody and then you hire two people, that truck can be running pretty consistently True. outside of like, you know, getting in maintenance and stuff like that. And then you, you know, you you're you can uh, hire more people, buy another truck, hire more people. But I think um, one thing that I learned from Eddie is that it's a commitment, you know, and it's, you know, I don't think that's your goal and I don't know. If no, you, it's not. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a real commitment if you, if you want to do that type of thing. So you got to, above anything, you got to be ready to, to, to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, if the objective, if the objective is just money, then I don't really know if being an owner op is for you. Uh, because there's so many intricate details and balancing checkbooks and making calls and dispatching and all that shit. It's just way too much, man. The promise of money is what sucks people in. And then they realize they're not built for it later on. That's the problem with being an owner out, man. Me, I, I make an OK living for myself. I'm fine with that until I take a step out. I have faith in myself to make it in the media space. So that's where my emphasis is. Is to make it in that space and make a living doing that because I love that. I do not love truck driving. Mm-hmm. That is my occupation, but that is not who I am or what I want to do long term. Mm-hmm. So since I've already made that, I, I've I've made that um, determination. Why the fuck would I be an owner op? Mm-hmm. That would take away from the content I put out. That would take away from the amount of sleep I get. That would take away take away a lot of shit. Yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> man. But I think that kind of going what you're saying like. It's a business, you know what I mean? And it, it can be a job if you're not really passionate about that. And I don't know too many people that are just passionate about driving trucks. So, you know, you got to think yeah. about that. Yeah, 100%. Well, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all we got here. Um, if you made it to the end of this episode, thank you for listening to Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fings. And we're out of here. Peace.